0: Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.
1: Come see your locally owned and operated Linton Glass for all your glass needs. No matter what glass you need to replace, you can count on Linton Glass. Call us today at 601-835-4336 or find us on the web at LintonGlass.com.
2: This is Gerard Gibbert and thank you for listening to Middays here on Super Talk Mississippi.
0: Get ready, get ready to go beyond the headlines.
2: everyone, and welcome to Midday Super Talk Mississippi. I'm your host, Gerard Gibbard, along with Rhino in the Element Weld Studios, guiding you through the middle of your day with facts, fodder, and fine music on this. Friday, y'all. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. It is Friday. And you know what else uh, this day marks is um, high school football season. Underway, and in fact, at 11.05, our very own Will East, program director, Super Talk, host of the High School Scoreboard Show, is going to uh, preview the high school football season for us. But before then, a little respite from the rain, I guess, right now. Kind of.
3: Yeah. Central Mississippi's still looking at a 50-50 shot of the wet stuff pretty much every day for the next week, week and a half, except for Thursday, according to the weatherman. Okay, what's Thursday? Mostly cloudy.
2: Oh, shoot.
3: But the little on the mostly cloudy icon, there's that little bit of sun that pokes <laughs> out. So,
2: Well, uh, dang. And then football season. College football. Hope it's not raining and cloudy and that. Usually it's Which boiling hot. I mean, we got, hot. what, week
3: zero? where the Nebraska playing in Ireland this weekend? Yeah, that's right. Because I was, I was laughing at a tweet from someone in Ireland because apparently... In in Ireland, when you when you get your driver's license or your learner's permit, you have these big white background red block letters you have to put in the back glass of your car. And if you've got your learner's permit, it's a big L. And if you've got your novice license, which means your first year of driving with your driver's license, it's a big N. Just like the Nebraska N. Hmm. So Nebraska is going to show up in Ireland and then just think, oh wow, there's
2: millions of Nebraska fans. Hmm. But actually, they're just rookie drivers. <laughs> Well, um, okay. Well, we got Will coming in to give us a preview. And then Jeremy Nelson, partner at Element Wealth, joins us at 12.05. Timely. And uh, I talked to our contact director, Alex Payton, about this earlier in the week. Thought it might be appropriate to have Jeremy on because this morning, Fed Chairman Powell emerged (laughs) from uh, their hole down in there, their hunkered down spot, I should say, in yeah. uh, Jackson Hole, Wyoming. And uh, he emerged to give us some idea of what their uh, interest rate strategy is going to be going forward. And let me just say that the market did not like it, because he came out and said, we must continue raising interest rates and hold them at a higher level. Until we are confident inflation is under control could could he tell the White House? yeah, uh dude, exactly, and let me tell you the old <laughs> the old kangaroo started hopping on that one because uh it started out as the great Charles Emerson Winchester the Third from Mash said it started out as such an enjoyable evening. That, from the episode where he was partaking in the amphetamines, they were feeding to mice. Remember that? To run the maze, they were having races. (laughs) And Charles, (laughs) his heart rate got through the roof. Uh, The other doctors, Hawkeye and BJ, noticed that. He just had a little, little smidgen of the same stuff they were giving the mice. But it started out, as Charles said, it's such an enjoyable evening. And that's the way I felt this morning. Until dead gum Powell emerges and says, we're going to keep with the rate hikes. And the market says, "Uh uh-oh, and the kangaroo started hopping. and In doing so, the Dow, Dow, now down 518 points. NASDAQ 315. Uh, Treasury yields on the T T bills, bonds, notes up as a result. So, wow, uh, I don't I don't know honestly why the market was surprised at this because there was really no indication that uh, inflation is abating, moderating, under control. And but it's zero. Yeah, what an idiot. Oh, gosh. So, in the meantime, the student loan situation, wow, that has sparked quite the firestorm. And a whole bunch of stupid arguments. I would totally agree with you. And let me say something else, folks. Is all the bad math that I'm seeing (laughs) an indictment of our educational system? Seriously. People can't do math. Basic math. I'm not talking about third-order calculus here. Yeah, we're not finding the area under a curve. <laughs> exactly. It's
3: just 2 plus 2 equals 4.
2: <laughs> I was actually silly enough, even though I was an accounting and economics major, I took a course over there in the math department, a 560-something-or-another level math course, because I'd was decent at it and you were a glutton for punishment yeah and so uh, it was called i can still remember it's called operations research i have no idea why it was named that it's kind of like these silly names for these bills but I'm in this class and there's like six people and they're all math majors they're all super smart borderline geeky math majors probably own us all now <laughs> financially um but this was the entire course was solving three dimensional matrices and using that <laughs> to solve time and space problems. I kid you not like how many boxes can you put in the back of an eighteen wheeler sort of stuff and use a three dimensional matrix to do that uh and And I'll never forget the final. I may have discussed this before, but it comes back to me. It was one of those deals where the final starts at 1. You had the morning finals and the afternoon finals. Start at 1. And when I came out, it was dark. That's how I remember trying to solve those silly problems. Uh, But... We're not talking about that with respect to student loans. We're not talking about solving time and space problems with three-dimensional uh, matrices. We're talking about just hey the number, the amount of debt divided by the number of people. Uh, I mean, we're not we're not showing that we're very good at that honestly. So best just not to talk about that. What really perplexes me though, I gotta tell you, I get everybody's enraged about this this debt situation, and pe- especially people that have paid off their debt, especially people that didn't go into debt. I get it, and they feel like they're covering for those who did. And in many cases, those who did and made bad choices, because they used that debt in such a way that it, it really didn't prepare them to uh, for any kind of work that produces income that could pay the debt back. So, I get it, no doubt, bad. Bad policy, bad move, I'm with you. But where were these same people a month ago when the $280 billion CHIPS Act was passed? The $1.2 trillion infrastructure act. Oh, but I get free internet uh, out of that. That's different. It is? I just got to make the point here, and I know a lot of people probably get mad at me. Everybody that's getting rural broadband, those that don't live in the rural areas are paying for it. That's just a fact. In the same way. Now, are they sending us a bill? Same with the student debt. Are they going to send you a bill? No. Are your taxes going up? No. So how do you pay for it? Inflation? Maybe. But what about the inflation caused by all the helicopter money in the last two years? $2.2 trillion CARES Act in 2020, which included the forbearance on repayment of student loans. What about the $1.9 trillion American Rescue Plan passed in March of 2021? I mean, so why aren't we talking about that? What about the Obamacare that went into effect 2014? There's subsidies millions of people are getting every day. Those of us who aren't getting subsidized coverage, we're paying for it. But the question is, how are we paying for it? That, that's the real ruse of all this, because, again, it's not like, well, my monthly expenses went up as a direct result of that, except if it's in the form of inflation, and I would submit that is being primarily driven by a really bad fiscal policy, namely the war on fossil fuels. We talked yesterday, and we we'll get to that later today as well. California, no more fossil fuels, and new fossil fuels vehicles can be sold by 2035. I think they're trying to get to, what, a 30% point by 2030. Wow. Time for a break here on Middays. When we return, John Sigmund, General Manager of the Pearl River Valley Water Supply District. We're going to talk about that Pearl River. See what's going on there. Stay with us.
4: Hey, this is Bob, and if you're like me, you like dealing with local people. Majestic Metals was founded in Mississippi in 1954 and are headquartered right in Gluckstadt. For complete metal building systems and steel roofing and siding, call the hometown folks. Majestic Metals, 800-647-8540 or online at MajesticMetalsINC.com.
0: With a single handshake, John Ravenstein buys millions in diamonds. And that's the buying power it takes to be Mississippi's direct diamond importer.
5: You see, we sell so many diamonds, the finest diamond cutters from around the world come to us. He's got
6: the million dollar handshake. I'm John. And I'm Rachel Ravenstein. That's why here at Juniker Jewelry, you'll shop from 10 times the loose diamonds you'll find in average jewelry stores.
5: Because finding just the right diamond at the right price. The perfect diamond for her is what Juncker Jewelry
7: is all about.
6: Best of all, we guarantee the lowest price in the state. We even have 12
5: months interest-free financing for qualified buyers. So when you're ready, we're ready at Mississippi's Direct Diamond Importer and I want to shake your hand. And make her
0: the happiest girl in the world. Juniker Jewelry Company, Mississippi's direct diamond importer. From anywhere in Mississippi, we're at 1485 Highland Colony Parkway, just south of 463 in Madison, and junikerjewelry.com.
12: Doesn't mean my eyes will soon be turning red. Crying's not for me, cause I'm never gonna stop the rain by complaining.
2: Wow, is that ever appropriate bumper music there? (laughs) Welcome back, everyone. Midday Super Talk, Mississippi in the Element Well studios. And uh, joining us now, John Sigmund, General Manager of the Pearl River Valley Water Supply District. John, thanks for coming on. Thank you. Well, we uh, we just been keeping an eye on that Pearl River. I rode over it uh, a couple of days ago uh, there on Lakeland Drive and, and couldn't help but notice how
12: dang high it was. Where do we stand right now? Right now, the uh, the lake is about as full as it's ever been. We've held back enough water that, that now we have... Uh, have concerns about uh, about how full it is. We just this morning got it to turn to where it's not rising anymore. So that uh, that's a good sign. But we are releasing currently 55,000 cubic feet per second, and that will result in a river at the highway 80 gauge of 35 feet. And the Weather Service makes these predictions. I don't, but that's they've got the best scientists and the best computers in the world working on it. And they're usually very accurate. So we hope that by re- increasing the flow right now, we won't have to increase it again through, the, through this event. And that's going to keep water below the magic 35, 5, 36, where it starts going in-house. Oh, OK. All right, so when is that expected to occur, John? That should happen within 24 hours of the, this time tomorrow. OK. Should be at this time tomorrow and and does that also uh those models uh consider the possibility of more rain they do account uh, account for the forecast of the next 24 hours and as you know there could could be more rain after that so another reason for us to begin uh lowering the lake as fast as we can yeah absolutely okay so um, what about how this compares
2: to prior situations? Seventy nine and eighty three come to mind. I think those were the highest.
12: Right. Those were the two highest of record, and it won't. This won't compare to them. The uh, seventy nine went to forty three feet, and the eighty three went to thirty nine feet. Uh, this is shaping up to be the ninth biggest on record, but yet it doesn't matter what the record is if the water's getting in your house. Oh sure. Absolutely. And most recently, uh, 2020. 2020 is more comparable to what we're facing now, and it'll be less than that, but it's going to be right there. And if you had water in your house or you had concerns about water in 2020, I would advise you to take your precautions now. Okay. Is there
2: anything that your organization has done or can do, uh, say, since 2020 or in the last couple of years, to, uh, to try to prevent uh, flooding
12: as a result of the heavy rains? Uh, we have continued to uh, increase our efficiency of of operation and modeling of the of the reservoir, but by and large, it's still the same geometry that we had then. Uh, it literally depends on the duration, intensity, and location of the rainfall. Sure, makes sense. And so
2: uh, you said you mentioned two thousand and twenty, and that's the one I uh, most recently remember. And. And I know that got a lot of the Jackson area, the low-lying areas in Jackson, and and uh, even some of the areas, uh, especially around the reservoir, the backwater area there, uh, between the dam and in uh, the in the lake.
12: Uh, is that I guess the same areas that are again vulnerable here? Yes, they are. Now let's look back at 2020, when that uh, started, we had the lake way down. The lake was. Down to 296 to okay. help battle the giants of which, by the way, we beat. And so I had a couple of feet of storage to work with then that I don't have now. Okay,
2: gotcha. i, I understand. So you just got less you can hold, which means you got to pour more
12: out, and that um, hits us downstream. Yeah, it does. And, and and I talk to people. They call and have concerns, and I try to tell them. You know, you need to be prepared. You need to take, make your plan, execute your plan, because water will come.
2: Yeah. All right, what about uh, further downriver? Uh, obviously, the, the Jackson Metro area is the one that, I guess, since we live here, we think about the most, but the, the
12: river, of course, continues on down south Mississippi, southwest Mississippi. Yes, we have um, concerns with Monticello, Columbia, uh, Bogalusa. All of those river cities have situations where uh, the reservoir eventually affects them, not quite as much as they believe, but it does affect them. Uh, however, in this storm, a lot of the storm went south, and they were at flood stage before we began increasing discharges uh, here. Ah, uh, Okay, so this just exacerbates that. It just makes it worse. Yeah. Well, what about uh,
2: any interaction your organization, John, has with the National Weather Service? Are you trying to anticipate Oh, events yes. like this, yes. and how how like how far out in advance did they give you any kind of heads up on what we're experiencing right
12: now? It varies, but depending on the storm event, this one, I got a day's advance notice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Gee, thanks. And we work with the Weather Service. Uh, in fact, during high flow periods like this, we have a conference call each morning with the Weather Service, U.S. Geological Survey, Corps of Engineers, MEMA. Often the city of Jackson's in on those calls, and we we coordinate what we're going to do, and I'll make a proposal of what I think we need to do, and everybody gets a chance to say, oh, that's going to be an adverse effect, or we think that's the thing to do. In the end, the Pearl River Valley Water Supply District makes the decisions.
2: Okay, uh, and make the decisions as far as how much water to let out of the lake into the river yes. specifically. You guys yes. control that, right? Yes, and. Uh, is there is there a board? Tell tell us how it's organized. The uh, the district itself.
12: The district is a state agency and it is uh, embodied in a statute. Uh, we're body politic and corporate. You know that yep. means a lot to to the lawyers. Yep. <laughs> but we have a board of fourteen members appointed by the governor, the supervisors, and some of the state agencies. Okay.
2: And and so. Are, do you have meetings, John, to, to discuss I- exactly how to regulate the water flow? And there, is there a vote on that, or how the, does that work? The board sets
12: the broad policy. Okay. They leave it up to me to yeah. execute. Yeah. And I'm trained for that. I've got experience in that. Okay. And And they will pretty much go with my judgment. Now, if I... If I mess up big time, you know, they'll find somebody yeah, else, understand. but uh, I advise the board every day of what we're going to do, and uh, so far they say, we understand, go ahead. Uh, but they, there's no formal vote on setting you. the gates. So it's, it's sort of typical
2: board governance where they, they maybe set the, uh, the strategy, if you will, and, uh, and agree to that, and then authorize you to take action that would support
12: that strategy. That is correct. And uh, I oftentimes hear people, and you'll see it on Facebook this morning. Uh, those people are not accountable; they're not elected. Well, it's it's a republic. We right. our, our board members are appointed by officials who are elected by the people. Right, and so there is direct representation. Yeah,
2: that that's right. Uh, so fourteen, you mentioned supervisors as well that, that are on the board. Well, the supervisors appoint a okay. member. Okay, Supervi- and so it, the supervisors from which counties?
12: Five county member counties, Scott, Lee, Hines, Rankin and Madison. And okay. they each appoint one board member and that has to be uh confirmed by uh by their board of supervisors. So they make that appointment. The governor appoints five directly. Okay. And then four are appointed by state agencies like Wildlife Futures and Parks, Department okay. of Health, et cetera. They would have an interest in it. Yeah. And we get great expertise by that. We'll get people who sure. Who are very well versed in wildlife management, or who are very well versed in public health, and, and it Makes really sense. is great.
2: Makes sense. So it sounds like uh, a diverse group uh, and a diverse brain
12: trust, if you will, yeah, that are involved in the governance it here. Yes, it's a lot of experience on that board, a lot of gray hair. Some of us don't have any hair left. But <laughs> it's a, it's a, a experienced group of people.
2: Yeah, but at the end of the day, uh, once that strategy is put in place, your job to act on that and um, and and to just run the whole deal in accordance with that. Yes. Yeah.
12: Yes. All right, so what'd you say 55,000? 55, 55,000 cubic feet per second. Now per that's second. a lot of water. Yeah. That's a lot of water. Uh, on a good day, a bad I mean, excuse me, a very big discharge at say Grenada Reservoir would be 5,000. Wow. This is 10 times that and we're going to could go higher. I don't I don't want to. I hope we don't. But we could go higher. Well, is there is there an average? What's typical? For um, Pearl River, uh, average normal days two or three thousand. Uh, wow, minimum so fifty five thousand. Minimum discharge is two hundred and forty seven, and sometimes we're at that for months. And typically, August is a minimum discharge situation yeah, unless right. a hurricane's pushing through. And this storm acted like a hurricane, but it was no hurricane. Right in terms of the the rainfall,
2: it certainly does. Uh, before we go, we got about a minute here. Is there anything you'd like to see in the way of infrastructure to just improve the entire district that, that uh, maybe the legislature needs to authorize or some other body?
12: Oh, we've got we've got plenty of needs. We need money for dredging. We need money for public facilities like recreational facilities and yeah. things like that. Uh, the primary purpose of the reservoir is water supply for the city of Jackson. And that's one reason I can't empty the reservoir to hold back floods, is i got to have water for the city of Jackson. I understand. So it's a balancing act, constantly. It's a tightrope.
2: <laughs> I get it. John, thanks so much for coming in. Very informative, sir. Thank you. Okay, thank you. John Sigmund, General Manager of Pearl River Valley Water Supply District, has been our, de- our guest on Middays. We'll step aside, and we'll come right back.
4: From the SeabrookPaint.com Weather Center, I'm Bob Sullender. For all your paint and coating needs, go to SeabrookPaint.com. Today, a 60% chance of rain, partly sunny conditions, high near 86. Tonight, a 30% chance of showers, mostly cloudy, low around 72. Your Saturday, a 50-50 shot of the wet stuff, mostly sunny, high near 87. And a look to Sunday, a 70% chance of rain, mostly sunny, high near 88. This weather brought to you by our friends at Gaddis McLaurin Mercantile in downtown Bolton. Shop local. Gaddis McLaurin Mercantile, your building supply experts since 1871.
0: Hit the road in style this summer in the all-new 2022 Mitsubishi Outlander from Ridgeland, Mitsubishi. Get a sleek exterior and award-winning interior with seating for seven. Plus, an industry-leading 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain limited warranty. Drive one today starting at $26,995 during the summer sales event at Ridgeland, Mitsubishi. Going on now. Manufacturers suggested retail price based on Outlander ES2WD.
1: Excludes destination handling, tax title license, etc. Price terms and vehicle availability may vary. See dealer for limited warranty and program details.
13: Offer ends Nine 30, I'm Mason Irby, your Madison County Edward Jones financial advisor. We're all about financial investments, but we also value the investments of time, patience, and encouragement our young athletes receive from their coaches, teachers, and mentors. That's why Edward Jones is a proud sponsor of Madison Central Football on Supertalk Jackson. Call me, Mason Irby, at 601-616-6872 or visit edwardjones.com for all your investment needs. Edward Jones, member SIPC. Be sure
14: and check out the newly remodeled basils in Fondren where you get simple food done well. And don't forget to drop by Basils Fountain View at the Renaissance. Go to eatbasils.com for online ordering for both locations. That's Basils. Family Termite is a proud VIP sponsor of the Handyman Show on Super Talk Mississippi. Whether you're a proud DIYer or a seasoned veteran, Mississippi's handyman Buddy Slowick has the answers to your home improvement questions each Saturday from 10 till noon.
15: Ah.
1: Seabrook Paints in Jackson and Ridgeland. Visit SeabrookPaints.com.
6: I'm Kelly Bennett, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. There's an elevated threat of flash flooding south of Jackson, McGee, and Laurel to the coastal line. Mima is warning some areas could see 2 to 3 inches of rain in less than 3 hours. Because the ground is already saturated, you'll need to be on the alert for the possibility of falling trees. The Pearl River has surpassed the flood stage in the capital city. This could impact homes and businesses in the Jackson and Byram areas. The National Weather Service is projecting the river to peak at 36 feet Tuesday morning. Because of that, voluntary evacuations are underway in some areas. Pharmacists across the Magnolia State will be allowed to sell the opioid reversal drug Naloxone to customers without a prescription. 500 Mississippians died from an overdose last year. A few hundred more deaths have been reported so far this year. I'm Kelly Bennett.
0: There's a ton of content from Super Talk Mississippi on our new YouTube channel. Just search Super Talk Mississippi on YouTube or go to supertalk.fm slash YouTube. Be sure and subscribe for free to get the latest scoop on what's happening in Mississippi news, politics, sports, and the good things happening here in the state. Accurate information, in-depth analysis, and clear insight all in one place. The Gallo Radio Show with Paul Gallo. Mornings on Super Talk Mississippi, the Super Talk app, and at supertalk.fm. With Gerard Gibbert. Welcome, welcome to our shop. On Super Talk, Mississippi. Okay, now you have a good one.
2: Welcome back, everyone. Midday Super Talk, Mississippi. We are in the Element Well Studios, and we thank you so much for joining us today. Appreciate John Sigman from the Pearl River Valley Water Supply District. That, by the way, is another mouthful. I just want you to know. Saying those saying those words, if you get a little quick, you'll mess them up. You gotta round
3: out the vowel sounds and spit out your words.
2: <laughs> okay. <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, so, he told me, by the way, on the way out, that uh, they are on this round-the-clock through the weekend. And he made the parting comment. <clears throat> this was off the air. Water doesn't know what day it is. He's right, too. So we're keeping an eye on that. And let's let's hope the dead gum rain gives us a bit of a break here, stays away, and... Uh, and maybe we can uh, get the thing back to normal and not dump all that water into the river uh, out of the lake there, which could uh, result in some flooding where you don't want it. Um, all right, back to the student loan theme. By the way, the market's still reacting negatively to Fed Chairman Powell's rather hawkish attitude this morning, telling us that he's going to keep on with the rates. And uh, no end in sight. So they don't like that. Uh, the market does not. And that's why we're seeing this nuttiness going on uh, with respect to the Dow and the NASDAQ. Up, down, up, down, up, down. You can't get any clarity, as we say. Um, all right. With respect to our mathematically challenged society... Who could forget this gem that really
12: illustrates it? See, it as a possibility if he wants to spend a billion bucks beating this
7: guy, he could do it.
6: Absolutely. Um, somebody tweeted recently that um, actually with the money he spent, he could have given every American a million
16: dollars. i got it. Let's put it up yeah. on the screen. It. When I read it, Uh, Tonight on social media, it kind of all became clear, Bloomberg spent 500 million on ads, US population 327 million, Uh, don't tell us if you're ahead of us on the math, he could have given each American one million dollars and have had lunch money left over, it's an
7: incredible way of putting it.
6: It's an incredible way of putting it, it's true, it's disturbing, It it does suggest you know what we're talking about here, which is there there's too much money in politics. Um, and it makes it difficult because what we want in
2: <laughs> what's true is that you're mathematical morons. Oh my gosh! That of course, the disgraced <laughs> Brian Williams, oh my gosh, there are three hundred and thirty million people in the country. Bloomberg dumps a billion into his campaign, and they have computed that out to be a million per person.
3: Yeah, that's Brian Williams from his run at MSNBC and New York Times editorial board member Mark Gay.
2: Oh, gosh. Well, they're both mathematically challenged. I bet they got Ivy League degrees, and I'm not trying to indict the Ivy League. My gosh, folks, before you do stuff like that. All right, in the meantime, Thomas in Greenwood, I know you guys are surprised, he and I have had a bit of (laughs) an exchange on the C-SPIRE tax line, always fun, 601-879-4395. So, the White House uh, is using uh, two talking points. Thomas pointed one of these out yesterday, and we also played a clip from the president this was at the conclusion of his remarks on student loan, his plans to forgive $10,000 per borrower of student loan debt, $20,000 if you had a Pell Grant. And he said in his parting, I went back and listened to it again, he absolutely did say, it, so somebody asked the question, is it fair, you might find it again, Rhino, is it fair that Certain people are getting this forgiveness, and others are essentially bearing those costs that that paid their loans, or didn't take out any loans. And he responded with, well, is it fair that the the millionaires, the billionaires, and the large corporations get all these tax breaks? You got it? Here we go. Is this unfair to people who
17: paid their student loans, or chose not to take out loans? Is it fair to people who, in fact... uh,
12: do not own multi-billion-dollar businesses. They see want these guys get all
2: the tax breaks. Is that fair? What do you think? What do you think? What, what do you, what do you think? Stuff? What do you think? What do you think? What do you think? So these guys that own these multi-billion-dollar businesses get all these tax breaks, which once again is is probably there are two things that really get me fired up. <laughs> one is we should we should craft tax policy. In accordance with who can afford it. That really gets me mad. That is not the purpose of raising revenue. And at if the it federal was, level. there'd
3: be a lot more conversation about, oh, I don't know,
2: reducing the tax rate? Right. Who can afford it? Oh, that just sickens me. And it's this always one,
3: raise the rate on the higher earners, never lower any rates for anybody underneath them. It's
2: crazy. So the other thing is, in this case, Tax breaks. And I will say again, there's no such thing as a tax break. A break as in the government is some sort of benevolent, body, altruistic organization that says, here, keep more of your money. That's a tax break? More of the money you legally, lawfully, legitimately earned by producing value for society? Tax break? Give me a break! That is ridiculous. I I just mm, the hair stands up on the back of my neck when I hear that. Tax break, horse hockey. All right, so it is true. That is one of the retorts. The other one is, well, what about all those rich people that got PPP loans and had them forgiven? So Thomas pointed that out yesterday. and today he sends a tweet from the White House, because Marjorie Taylor Greene... Oh, it's a series of tweets. They went on a rampage. Oh, gosh. So she, you guys know her, the congresswoman from the great state of Georgia. She's also a private businesswoman. Now, I think, from my taste, she's a little bombastic, but she's on point on a lot of things. And so in this case, she goes on Newsmax and other media outlets, and she's really condemning this arbitrary if you will stroke of the pen forgiveness of student debt citing that it is unfair completely unfair and so uh, she has that conversation and uh... the white house says that congressman marjorie taylor green had hundred and eighty three thousand five hundred and four dollars in ppp loans forgiven alright so Rhino, just to illustrate once again our mathematically challenged society. Look at Thomas's. Look at Thomas's uh, message there, and look at the screenshot from Newsmax. What does it say? The the um, the label there, the title, and the red banner at the bottom. Biden
3: announces plan to forgive thirty no three billion dollars in student debt.
2: Three billion. It's three hundred. Freaking idiots! Oh my gosh! They're a news outlet! A respectable one, I thought! Am I reading that right? It says three billion. That's what you see. You, you stopped on it, right? Because you yeah. didn't expect it. Yeah, the
3: Chiron is wrong.
2: Right! Unbelievable. So... Uh, we can't do math! I'm serious! And unfortunately, that applies to most everybody in Washington. They can't do math. You think the president can do math? Good grief. I just see that, and I just go crazy. Like, how can we have a reasonable, meaningful, productive conversation if we can't get the math right? It's Brian Williams on MSNBC getting paid millions of dollars. I get it. You can make mistakes here and there. But it happens all too frequently. And it's coming out of the White House. And that is just, that is just not right. Get it right before you go in front of the country. That is ridiculous. So they're very effectively using those. Well, look, I agree in that the PPP program, no doubt, was absolutely rife with fraud and waste and abuse, and many are being prosecuted now. There's no doubt about it. And that happened during the Trump administration. No doubt about it. And when we come back, I, I just share my thoughts on why I think that's a false comparison. Honestly. And uh, we'll dig into that and a whole lot more. And then at eleven oh five, Will East, our program director here at Super Talk and the host of the High School Scoreboard Show, we're going to preview high school football in Mississippi. Stay with us.
3: I'm Denman Ferguson, realtor with Four Corner Properties, serving Mississippi and beyond. Whether you're looking to buy or sell a home or wanting a special family recreational hunting track, give me a call and I will assist you throughout the process from searching, listing to closing. Call me, Denman, at 601-214-6433 or call the office at 601-952-2828. Please call me with all your real
15: estate needs. Thank you.
16: You hear those notifications? That's small businesses in America taking off on TikTok. Businesses like Porgy's Hot Dogs.
11: got another good one for y'all today. Our peanut,
6: butter, and jelly dog.
16: Their homemade hot dog videos pull in diners from across the country. And there's Matt Fix-It, your local handyman just building a business.
1: Holy frickin' drywall repair. We've got a bathtub above this kitchen.
16: Over a million people saw that video, and new customers are still flying in. American Small Business Booms on TikTok.
4: ESISupply.net It's not if you're going to have a spill at your business or workplace, it's when. supply.net Exorbent pads by the bundle or roll. ESISupply.net Socknet Boom Products, Oil Gator, Oil Dry, Spill Kits, and much more. ESISupply.net This is the morning agri market report for the Super Talk Agri News Network. I'm Bob Sullender. Stocks are tanking this morning. The Dow Jones Industrial Average is down 581 to 32710. The Nasdaq is down 326 to 12318, and the S&P 500 is down 84 to 4114. From the New York Cotton Exchange, December cotton is up 198 to 11605. March cotton is up 183 to 11266. At the Chicago Board of Trade, November soybeans are up 22 to 1453 a bushel. January soybeans are up. 21.5 to 14.57 and 3 quarters a bushel. December corn is up 10 and 3 quarters to 660 and 3 quarters a bushel. And March corn is up 10 3 quarters to 665 and 3 quarters a bushel. At the Mercantile, October Live Cattle are down 10 cents to 143.55. December Live Cattle are down 27 cents to 149.62. October Live Feeders are down 140 to 184.12, and November Live Feeders are down 112 to 185.95. For the Supertalk Agro News Network, I'm Bob Sullivan. You're about to fire up some delicious steaks in the backyard and suddenly the wind blows out your propane grill flame. Now what? First, turn off the gas and open up the grill lid. Check your grill manufacturer's instructions for when it's safe to relight the grill, but always leave the gas off and the lid open for at least five minutes before relighting. And remember, never lean over the grill during lighting or cooking. Energy for everyone. Propane. Visit MSPropane.com. That's MSPropane.com to learn more.
13: Hundreds of thousands of Mississippians Mississippi. like me depend yes, on public benefits for health care, food, and, and housing.
15: housing. To receive these benefits, I, I cannot have more it. than $2,000 in my name. With, With ABLE, Able I,
3: I
0: can save,
18: save for my measure.
13: future without losing my much-needed much needed benefit. benefits. I couldn't plan on savings before, but,
18: but now
16: I am, I am Able. ABLE. Visit MississippiABLE.com to get started. Be sure to catch Sports Talk Mississippi, your new home for the best sports coverage, right here in the Magnolia State. Every day from 3 until 6, right here on Super Talk Jackson (laughs)
0: 97.3. Properly set all controls before recording. All systems go. The talk that keeps Mississippi talking. Middays with Gerard Gibbert on Super Talk Mississippi. Mm.
2: Welcome back, everyone. We are in the Element Wealth Studios midday. Super Talk Mississippi. Don't forget, coming up next, Will East, program director, Super Talk, host of the high school scoreboard show, because it's high school football time. And then at 12.05, looking forward to having Jeremy Nelson, partner of Element Wealth, at Element Wealth, in the studio. He will break down the market situation, the economy, and, of course, Fed Chairman Jerome Powell's rather hawkish remarks this morning. Bo in Indianola says, what they're talking about tax break, poor people get more at the end of the year and in earned income credits, keyword unearned, look at used car lots in March, etc. Yeah, actually, Bo, that's not a tax break, that's welfare. That's just, that is just brazen welfare, that's all it is, let's call it what it is, because it's a refundable tax credit, which is a, a fancy word of saying, here's a check. You never had a tax liability to start with. And you thank Donald Trump for that, because he's the one that doubled the personal exemption, the standard deduction, actually. Got rid of the personal exemption, simplified it, doubled the standard deduction. If you're married, your first $25,000 is tax-free. Not subject to income tax. Federal income tax. So when you start piling on all the credits when you do that, You get a check. They don't talk about that. I I agree with you, though, Bo. Ben from Madison says, tough day in the market so far. Yeah, we're talking about it, Bo. We're watching it. It's because Powell comes out and says, we don't really see inflation moderating to our liking. And uh, those Fed presidents of the various banks, the district banks, have been meeting in Jackson Hole, Wyoming, discussing strategy, and he comes out and says, well, our strategy is to keep increasing rates to get a grip on inflation. In the meantime, again, I just want to point out, the $300 billion, by the way, that's the amount, and it depends, some analysts, some economists have come out and said that the cost of the student debt forgiveness could be as high as $500 billion. right, so, I, I just wonder why that's getting so attention, so much attention, but yet the $280 billion CHIPS Act didn't get any attention. You don't see people going crazy on social media about, well, that's not fair. That's the point I'm making. And I think maybe because this is more of a personal matter, and that's how we got $31 trillion in debt. Because I think that's
3: part of it, but I think at least one angle to be upset with the President just. Spewing three hundred billion dollars out of nowhere
2: is because the president doesn't have the power of the purse. No doubt about it. There's there some uh, lots of objections as to the legality of this, and so it seems uh, like they're using COVID for several different
3: reasonings, and none of them line up.
2: Right, Co- COVID. Uh, the, you've seen the secretary of education has come out and um, pinned it on that and justified it on that. And I mean, the, they
3: said COVID was over, and that's why they lifted Title 32 right. on the border, but now it's because of COVID that we have to have student loan forgiveness on a pause again.
2: Also pointing to the HEROES Act of 2003, seriously, as justification for forgiveness of debt. And then I've also seen even some references going back, I'm looking for it now, Rhino, 2. Something passed in the '60s. Uh, there, there's some laws passed back in the '60s that they're referencing as as uh, justification and and as supporting the legality of the president's use of his pen, essentially in in an executive order, which I just thought was crazy. But the Heroes Act, um, whatever, if I can find it, this legislation from the '60s. <laughs> which I've never heard of, and then, of course, the COVID emergency. So, you know, from a legal perspective, in my, I guess, amateur opinion, I'm not a lawyer, it would seem that someone would have to to protest in the form of a lawsuit and see where that goes. I don't know if that's something that should be filed by state attorney generals, or if it's something uh, and they could band together, those that oppose this action. If it should come from maybe a class action of those who paid their debt, feel like they're being treated unfairly, they're not participating in uh, the benevolence of the government here. I'm not sure. I mean, those are complex legal matters. Could this get all the way to the Supreme Court? Sure. I think the question is, however, how long does it take to do that? And what do you? What happens if you've already forgiven it? You've wiped it off individual balance sheets, and then the court rules no, the president couldn't do that. They're going to put it back on.
3: That'd be. I mean, I mean, the IRS has a history of going after people who have already finished paying their debts to get more money out of them. No doubt about it. Uh,
2: so it's, I don't know. You see how. Thorny the whole situation is because it's the, it's another one where the government shouldn't have been involved in the first place.
3: It's almost like government overreach is a bad idea.
2: <laughs> About that, we're going to step aside for a break. Top of the hour is upon us. Super Talk News, Fox News, Will East, Program Director here at Super Talk, host of the Scoreboard Show, is coming on next.
11: news I'm Lillian Wu the justice department set to release the redacted affidavit used to obtain the search warrant for former president Trump's Mar-a-Lago estate meanwhile the former president's legal team is also up against
1: the clock the Trump team has a deadline to explain to another federal judge why a third party neutral arbiter called a special master is needed to look at how DOJ has been handling evidence over the past two-and-a-half weeks. This is the only legal action
7: Trump's team has taken in this dispute.
11: is David Spunt and a sign the Fed will continue to aggressively hike interest rates.
7: We are moving our policy stance purposefully to a level that will be sufficiently restrictive to return inflation to 2%.
11: Fed chief Jerome Powell's remarks in Jackson Hole, Wyoming, seeming to trigger a sell-off on Wall Street. America's listening to Fox News.
3: member FDIC.
11: Wives, do you have trouble getting your husbands to see a doctor? Tell them the doctor has a boat for sale. At Man Up MD, we understand most men don't have a doctor, but they should. Man Up MD is a men's clinic designed for men by men to handle manly issues. From day-to-day primary care to reclaiming your energy and vigor, Man Up MD can keep you healthy and feeling your best. Check us out at menshealthmississippi.com That's menshealthms.com.
6: I'm Kelly Bennett, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. The Pearl River is expected to crest Tuesday, and it's been revealed that less than 3% of Mississippians have flood insurance. According to the Mississippi Insurance Department, there are about 75,000 flood policies in force across the state. It takes 30 days for a policy to go into effect, and the department is urging those who do have a policy to start taking pictures and writing down descriptions and price values of belongings. If you don't have flood insurance, you can log on to talk.fm to find out the quickest way to attain it. A Mississippi woman has been arrested after officials claim she filed a false police report that triggered a statewide amber alert Tuesday. Valerie Lord was arrested and charged with filing the false report by Gulfport PD. She is accused of reporting a kidnapping that didn't happen. Fortunately, that child was found within 30 minutes. It's been nearly a month since the Mississippi State Department of Health issued a citywide boil water alert for Jackson The mayor states that he'd be willing to drink the city's tap water as soon as the notice is lifted He says it's oftentimes better than bottled water.
13: I'm privy to things that most residents aren't right uh, I'm privy to often the water that comes out of the plant is better than the boil water' better than the bottled water that people drink right? Uh, and so I would not have uh, any problems doing that. but let me let me balance that by saying, uh, I understand what residents feel when they're hearing. Uh, all of the things that they're inundated.
6: He said he'll continue to work with the Mississippi State Department of Health, amongst other agencies, to provide clean water for Jackson residents. We spoke with House Speaker Philip Gunn this morning. He told us the situation is at crisis level, and he's on the verge of saying the state should take over. For all things Mississippi, visit supertalk.fm. Join Sports Talk Mississippi every
10: Friday during the 5 o'clock hour for Food Fridays presented by Polk's Meat. We'll tell you our favorite way to grill the delicious Polk's Original, Cajun and Garlic and Green Onion Sausages, as well as other barbecue favorites. Remember, picky people pick Polk's. Join Mississippi's handyman Buddy Sloick every Saturday from 10 till noon as he broadcasts live from the Mississippi Construction Education Foundation Studio. Contact MCEF today. Leading the way in training, credentials, and job placement.
2: Welcome back, everyone. Hour two midday Super Talk Mississippi live in the Element Well Studios on this Friday, uh. Joining us now Will East, program director here at Super Talk, and also the host of the high school scoreboard show. High school football getting underway there, Will.
1: It is underway. This is not Maybe technically week one, but we kind of consider it week one because this is when most of the public schools will start play. We've had some MAIS schools play the past couple of weeks. Uh, you know, MRA, for example, is two and zero already. Uh, but most of the teams will get started tonight. We had a few games last night. Maybe the biggest one was Ocean Springs taking on Clinton. And Ocean Springs, very good team. They've got that. Quarterback Bray Hubbard had a really big night last night, and they beat uh, Clinton. Uh, I think it was 31 to 13 final score. But uh, this year, Gerard, every year kind of has a theme in my um, the way I look at it. You don't know initially what it's going to be. You have an idea, but you don't know initially. You know, some years it's offense. Every team has just this dynamic offense. It seems like, or maybe it's defense. Yeah. Uh, you know, some years it's weirdness. Uh it's something off the field like 2020 was just a weird year obviously. Yeah. And then last year it seems like the the theme of the year was youth. And we had a lot of juniors. Not to say we didn't have some some standout seniors because we certainly did, but it seemed like most teams that did well had just a lot of standout sophomores and juniors. Well now those juniors are now seniors and so I would say this year's theme going in is experience and maturity. We have a a the number, the word that you'll hear, or the term that you'll hear me use a lot on the scoreboard show and the scoreboard preview show, and my interviews this week, uh, you've heard me hear You've heard me say the word "returning starters" a lot. Okay. And returning starters in in high school football, that is typically the big number. If if you want me to pick a, a team over another team, tell me how many returning starters they have. If they have returning starters, typically they're going to be pretty good. Now, if they were bad last year. And they have a lot of returning starters, maybe they're not so good. But if they were if they made a deep playoff run last year and they have a lot of returning starters, that means that they're probably gonna have a good season this year. And I look at all these rosters and I see a ton of returning starters. We've got some teams that have as many as ten returning starters and they made a deep playoff run last year. And I see that kind of on a lot of these teams that are kind of predicted to do well in the season.
2: Well, that's interesting. Uh, so that would mean that there were a lot of qu- high-quality uh, underclassmen.
1: A lot of high-quality underclassmen. There's a big recruiting class for uh, this year, I would say. Yeah. And you just see a lot of... Uh, this Bray Hubbard kid, the, the one for Ocean Springs who did so well last quarterback. night, yep. quarterback, who's committed to Alabama, had three touchdowns, only one incompletion on the night and 270-something yards overall, three touchdowns. I mean, just... Last year was a junior. Uh, I think he was the 6A player of the year, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So he's back again this year. That's kind of t- that's kind of what you're seeing across the board. But you know, looking at the the teams from top to bottom uh, in 6A, we we like to start with 6A since it's the largest classification. This, by the way, uh, will be the last year that 6A is the largest classification. Next right. year we're going to 7A, so we'll have a 7A through 1A on the public side of things. But this year, 6A is still the biggest. Brandon's probably the team to beat. Uh, they're another team that had a lot of standout juniors last year who were now seniors. Nate Blunt, the running back there, they went to the state championship game where they lost to Madison Central. I would say that Brandon is probably your number one team. Startville is another team that had a lot of young players last year. They did really well in the regular season, got knocked out by Madison Central kind of early on in the playoffs. They're returning a lot of those uh, star players like Trey Petty, the quarterback there at Startville. Madison Central is another team, uh, won the state championship in 6A last year. Vic Sutton, the quarterback, is going to be back again this year. Oak Grove, uh, Ocean Springs, obviously, as I mentioned earlier, and maybe Oxford. So those are some of the teams. And then, uh, you know, on down the list, looking, I just see a lot of potentials for rematches. That's another word that you'll hear me say a lot is the word rematch. Last year, Madison Central and Brandon were in the 6A state championship game. It is not out of the question for those two to be back again. Yeah. In 5A, Picayune and West Point went to the state championship game. Picayune is going to be your number one team in 5A, and West Point is going to be your number two team in 5A coming into this season. So, again, that's not out of the question. Uh, In 4A, kind of the same situation. Columbia, the team that won the state championship in 4A last year. Now, they did graduate a lot of players, um, but they seem pretty confident about the players they have coming back. And, of course, they had a lot of blowouts last year, so a lot of those sophomores and juniors actually got playing time last year. So they're pretty confident, and I would say they're probably the team to beat in 4A this year. With teams like Minden Hall and Poplarville and uh, Lewisville, one of the most successful teams in Mississippi high school football history. Yeah. What about our coverage? Well, we're going to have teams uh, on just about every Super Talk Mississippi radio station. So if you're tuning in at again, game starting at seven thirty uh, this. Early part of the season, this first month of the season, games will start at seven thirty in October. They'll move back to seven, but we'll have we'll have games on just about every Super Talk station. You can also stream a lot of these games on supertalk.fm. In fact, you can go to supertalk.fm FM slash High School, and you can get scores up to the minute scores, and you can get the streams for all the station for all the teams that we carry all in one place. And these are up to the again, I say up to the minute scores because high school football is Nowhere near where college football is. It, it is difficult to get scores sometimes. You yeah. still have to know somebody in a certain town to get a score for a certain team. Uh, but we do our best to have the scores up to the minute uh, as they happen uh, at supertalk.fm/ high school. Uh, The other thing is, of course, we're doing scoreboard shows. I've got the scoreboard preview show, which starts at 6 p.m. tonight, uh, immediately following Sports Talk Mississippi. And then we have the full Mississippi Farm Bureau Insurance Company high school football scoreboard show at 10 o'clock, as we have for the past 28 years, I think. Somewhere in that number. It's a lot. Uh, Keith and Butch will be back again this year. Uh, I've got Lance Tolbert going to be adding to the team Mm. this year. I'll be there and it's, I think, Butch and Lance, I think, I mean, Butch and uh, Keith, I think it's their 20th year wow. on the show. it's good. They do
2: a good job. Yeah, yeah they're no really knowledgeable. It. So the bottom line is, you could tune in to any of our stations across the state, and you're likely to get a football game. Yep.
1: Uh, we do high school football. We're very passionate about it, as you can tell, and we really do enjoy it. And I'm going to tell you, this this year is just, there's so much, it seems like we're finally out of that COVID haze that was around for a little bit last year, but it seems like we're finally past that. I don't think we're, you know, last year we still had forfeits and we had games missed because of COVID. Hopefully, knock on wood, this season we won't have that. Uh, we're still dealing with some some issues though. Uh, referee shortage that's still a big thing. In fact, tonight I think we're going to have our first all female referee crew. Uh, I can't remember which game off the top of my head that's going to be in. I think it's in the Delta somewhere, but it's going to be all female referees. I think it's the first time in school in Mississippi history, uh, maybe in 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 the United States history. I don't know of, of high school football. And we've got some other stuff going on. Of course, everybody this morning is talking about the big fight. Yeah, tell us about that. So last night at Wayne County, uh, Wayne County was taking on Quitman, and those hmm. two teams were, you know Wayne County, a, a powerhouse program for many many years. But there was a little altercation in the stands, and it seems like a coach, a head coach of another school, not one of the two on the field, got into an altercation, and there's video of it, believe it or not. Uh, of him fighting in the stands and kind of the aftermath of what happens there, uh, the details are we're still kind of sorting out the details about what happened exactly. But you can go to Supertalk.fm/sports and I think it's the the top story there and read all about it and also watch the video if you so choose.
2: Unbelievable. All right, so on the ceasefire text line, Steve on the road says, "Hey, y'all, don't forget about the Greenville St. Joseph Fighting Irish. Know That's, anything about
1: that? Yes, uh, they're." I think they have a quarterback that's committed to Navy, if I'm not mistaken. Wow. I Maybe, maybe he graduated last year. Off the top, I'm, I'm going off the top of my head here, but they had—I remember Steve Azar telling me about it. Yeah, uh, that they had a quarterback that was committed to Navy of all places. That's pretty Ed, incredible. Ed from New Hope wants uh, to know about West Point. West Point's. I mean, they've been in the state championship game, what, seven years in a row, six years in a row now. They've lost the last two state championship games. They lost to Wes Jones, and then last year they lost to Picayune. But Chris Chambliss, the head coach there, they only have like four returning starters on offense, four returning starters on defense. But that coach and that team, you just have to almost automatically – I hate to do it, but you almost automatically have to put them in the top five no matter what until they prove you wrong. Right? Right, right, Year after year, they have had great players there. They've graduated those great players, and they've somehow reloaded for the next year. You don't go to that many state championship games in a row without doing something right. And tonight, they will play Lewisville, And I think this is the most combined state championships between two teams that we've ever had. Wow. I think those two teams have 11 state championships in the past. Between them? Yeah. But... In the last, like, 15 years, okay. something like I think 21 overall. I know they're there a lot. It's incredible. Louisville, Tyrone Shorter, just an incredible coach there. Uh, and I think with Ricky Woods retiring at South Panola, I think he has the most state championships of any public um, public high school head coach.
2: Okay. Jared on the C Spire Tax Line, uh, before you go, wants to know who you have over East Central and Biloxi.
1: Well, East Central's a growing team, and they've been really good in the past. But Luxy's just kind of – they've kind of wavered there. I would say East Central for right now. Got you.
2: Will East, ladies and gentlemen, the program director here at Top Mississippi and also the host of the High School Scoreboard Show. Thanks for coming on, Will. Thank you. Appreciate it. We'll step aside here on Middays. A lot more to talk about. Jeremy Nelson in at 12.05. Stay with us.
4: From the SeabrookPaint.com Weather Center, I'm Bob Sullender. For all your paint and coating needs, go to SeabrookPaint.com. Today, a 60% chance of rain, partly sunny conditions, high near 86. Tonight, a 30% chance of showers, mostly cloudy, low around 72. Your Saturday, a 50-50 shot of the wet stuff, mostly sunny, high near 87. And a look to Sunday, a 70% chance of rain, mostly sunny, high near 88. This weather forecast has been brought to you by our friends at RJ's Outboard Sales and Service at 1208 Old Fannin Road. RJ's Outboard Sales and Service, your Yamaha outboard dealer in Brandon. Hey, this is Bob, and if you're like me, you like dealing with local people. Majestic Metals was founded in Mississippi in 1954 and are headquartered right in Gluckstadt. For complete metal building systems and steel roofing and siding, call the hometown folks. Majestic Metals, 800-647-8540 or online at MajesticMetalsINC.com.
18: Guys, have Viagra and Cialis let you down? It can get you to the point where you think your best days are behind you.
0: Hit the road in style this summer in the all-new 2022 Mitsubishi Outlander from Ridgeland, Mitsubishi. Get a sleek exterior and award-winning interior with seating for seven, plus an industry-leading 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain limited warranty. Drive one today starting at $26,995 during the summer sales event at Ridgeland, Mitsubishi.
1: Going on now. Manufacturer's suggested retail price based on Outlander ES2WD. Excludes destination handling, tax title license, etc. Price terms and vehicle availability made or See dealer for limited warranty and program details. Offer ends 9 22
0: At Batteries Plus, we do more than fix phones and tablets. We help our neighbors power their lives. Visit Batteries Plus in-store, curbside, and online
4: for fast and reliable phone and tablet repair. Learn more at BatteriesPlus.com.
14: to join us weekday morning, 6 till 9. Breaking news, quick shots, analysis, all right here on Super Talk Jackson 97.3.
0: The talk that keeps Mississippi talking.
14: We're
7: rolling. Hit it. Go. Play it.
0: Middays with Gerard Gibbert on Super Talk Mississippi.
2: We are back in the Element Wealth Studios, midday, Super Talk, Mississippi. Are you thinking about or planning for retirement? Do you have a plan? Go to myelementwealth.com or call 601 957 6006 to let Element Wealth help you find your balance between income, growth, and guarantees. All right, so. Appreciate Will coming in and giving us an update. Sounds like it's going to be an exciting high school football season. He's right. With all the returning starters, that means that they likely transition from underclassmen to upperclassmen. Bigger, stronger, better. Experience. Ought to be fun. Uh, All right, so (laughs) back to this math conundrum (laughs) that we have in this country. the White House Press Secretary, she got a little math problem, too. So yesterday, she did conduct, as is the normal case, a, a presser, a press briefing, speaking on behalf of the President, and she was asked about, how can we afford this $300 billion
16: about the student loans? How can the country afford such a massive handout?
17: Yeah, well, you know, uh, Ambassador Rice said that she's happy to have that discussion. I'm happy to have this discussion as well. Uh, Look, if you look at what this president has done, uh, if you look at the end of this this coming end uh, end of the fiscal year, $1.7 trillion that we have deduced uh, brought down uh, the deficit. That matters. That matters. And if you look at the Inflation Reduction Act, it's going to add another $300 billion. It's going to uh, uh, bring down the deficit again.
5: Uh, 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 uh,
2: You think she's struggling explaining that, Rhino? And you're watching it, of course. She's like trying to read that as well. It's just numbers and words coming out of her mouth. She has no idea what she's talking about. I'm going to break it down for you. This really is tantamount to filling up a ditch with dirt and then the same entity digging it out and then putting it back in and digging it out and saying, look, I dug a ditch. All right, so I'm going to give you a rundown of the federal budget. I know it's a little wonky. Maybe it'll glaze your eyes over a little bit. But I think most people, if not everybody, tuned in, shares concerns about the the nation's financial condition. We should. It affects us all. A lot of people are not happy about runaway deficits, the accumulation of now $31 trillion of debt. Sure, those are all concerns. We we all it costs us all and, and, and how it costs us is in the form of inflation. But here's where she's wrong. Go back to twenty nineteen, pre-pandemic, because everything changed. Got turned upside down with COVID. Pre-pandemic, our revenues for the fiscal year, 2019, which, by the way, the federal government fiscal year is uh, September 30th, year in, September 30th. So we're another month away to ending fiscal year 2022. 2019. Follow me here. Why is that important? Because that's pre-pandemic. Revenues, $3.5 trillion. Outlays, $4.4 trillion. Deficit produced that year, which is just simply calculated as the difference between revenues and outlays, it's just like your checkbook. How much comes in, how much goes out. You either have a surplus, you got money in the bank, or you're overdrawn. So the federal government, overdrawn, runs a roughly $1 trillion deficit. 2020. COVID, President Trump, and by the way, we talked about this yesterday, the overwhelming majority of those in Congress, every senator that voted, 96, four were absent, voted for the $2.2 trillion CARES Act. Money encumbered, added to our spending in the year 2020. So what happened? Trillion dollar deficit in 19, the CARES Act plus there was another coronavirus relief bill, I want to say three four hundred billion dollars prior to the CARES Act, and then of course the economy was uh, was muzzled to a great extent, which meant revenues went down. So what happened in 2020? We produced a 3.1 trillion dollar deficit! 3.1 trillion! 1 trillion in 19, 3.1 trillion in 2020. Okay, let's move to the next year, 2021. So when a president takes over in January of 2021, or whatever year it is they take over after being elected in the prior year, uh, November of the prior year, because you're in a fiscal year, some of that budget is already on the books, right? Appropriated, spending approved from the prior president, prior administration. So 2021, Joe Biden's in office for nine months of the fiscal year. What does he do? Passes the the American Rescue Plan. $1.9 trillion. So, What kind of deficit do we run in 2021? 2.8! And you've heard the President, the Democrats, and the White House Press Secretary brag. We cut the deficit by 300 billion dollars. Forget about the fact that it was 2.8 trillion. They're bragging about that. Well, yesterday I was overdrawn by a thousand, but I'm only overdrawn by 900 today. Yay me! they're bragging about it. And it it occurred because they passed a $1.9 trillion American rescue plan. Let's go to 2022. We just played Corinne Jean-Pierre. Taking victory laps. Oh, this president has cut the deficit more than any president. You're the one that created it. You created it. (laughs) It's nuts that they're bragging about it. Oh yeah, it's only going to be $1.1 trillion this year. It's unprecedented. We cut it. you got to be kidding me. And they're bragging about it. That's where we are in this country. We brag about trillion-dollar deficits. And that's only because you didn't do anything. You just didn't pass another rescue plan. So what happened is we reverted back to where we were pre-pandemic. Trillion dollar 19, trillion dollar 22. That's all you did. You didn't do anything. But yet, you've heard her say it many times. The irresponsibility of the prior administration running up record deficits, you mean because of the CARES Act? Which every Democrat but two signed off on.
3: all that same White House is using PPP loans
2: to score political points. Every single one of them signed off on it. Except two, in the House, every Democrat senator signed off on the PPP loan program, which was part of the uh, CARES Act. everyone in the in the Senate, all but two in the House. But yet, they're pointing to that as justification, and they're and they're putting that at the feet of the Republicans. I think what we all know now, and probably should have known then is that it was all stupid. What was stupid was shutting down the whole damn economy. That's what was stupid. But we got led down the dang river by Fauci and Company. You gotta shut it all down. Have you seen him talking about it? he's got his retirement coming up? I saw an interview with doctor Deborah Burks, very candid interview with her a couple of days ago, and she was she was sharing and uh, discussing some of these meetings. It was her, the president, uh, some members of the Cabinet, Treasury Secretary, Mnuchin primarily, and Health and Human Services Secretary. I don't remember who it was at this point under Trump. But anyhow, it was Burks and Fauci and them in the Oval Office. And she said, Fauci told him, yeah, I'm telling you, sir, you need to shut the the, uh, whole damn economy down, lock everybody up from... a clinical perspective, a public health perspective. Now, as far as what that does to the economy and the other negative ramifications of that, that's up to you. I mean, I'm paraphrasing what Burks was saying, but she was explaining that was the discussion in the Oval Office. And we ended up shutting the whole dang thing down, not so much at the federal level. It was CDC guidelines, and then all the states and localities, municipalities acted on that, right? We'll come back with more talk We'll be right back. We got uh, Jeremy Nelson at 1205 to talk about Fed Chairman Jerome Powell's remarks earlier which is which is tanking the market.
15: Are you getting
16: stressed out trying to buy or sell in today's real estate market? Hi, I'm Adam Moore of Four Corner Properties. At Four Corner Properties, we take pride in making your buying and selling experience simple and stress-free. With the foundation of our company being built on faith, family, and friendship, you can put your trust in our team at Four Corner Properties. So whether you're looking for a new home or looking for that new hunting track, give me a call on my cell at 662-528-2581 or at the office at
9: 601- 952-2828. Sit back, relax, and let me do the work for you.
17: The new degree of comfort.
4: The best made to order lunch in Northeast Jackson is at 4th and goal Sports Cafe. Homestyle plates full of catfish, shrimp, and rib tips, just to name a few. Eat in or carry out, DoorDash or Grubhub. Call 769 208 8283. Once again, 769 208 8283. I'm Kelly Bennett, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News.
6: The Pearl River is expected to crest Tuesday, and it's been revealed that less than 3% of Mississippians have flood insurance. According to the Mississippi Insurance Department, there are about 75,000 flood policies in force across the state. It takes 30 days for a policy to go into effect, and the department is urging those who do have a policy to start taking pictures and writing down descriptions and price values of belongings. If you don't have flood insurance, you can log on to talk.fm to find out the quickest way to attain it. A Mississippi woman has been arrested after officials claim she filed a false police report that triggered a statewide Amber Alert Tuesday. Valerie Lord was arrested and charged with filing the false report by Gulfport PD. She is accused of reporting a kidnapping that didn't happen. Fortunately, that child was found within 30 minutes.
10: The first ever Good News Gospel Festival will take place on the lawn at Grammy Museum Mississippi on Saturday, September 3rd. The Good News Gospel Festival will celebrate the rich heritage of gospel music in the Mississippi Delta, featuring performances by the Grammy-winning Mississippi Mass Choir and many more. To learn more about this free community event, as well as other upcoming programs and Grammy Museum's current exhibit, MTV Turns 40, I Still Want My MTV, visit GrammyMuseumMS.org.
0: Okay, is everybody ready? I'm ready. Ready here. Middays with Gerard Gibbons. On Super Talk, Mississippi. Ah!
7: Welcome back,
2: everyone. Midday, Super Talk, Mississippi. We are back in the Element Well studios. So, you know, I, I get upset about this stuff, as you can tell, and I appreciate you in, indulging me on it, because I, I agree, $300 billion. We don't have it. You heard Corinne Jean-Pierre try to explain, oh, Weber, we're cutting the deficit, and uh, I don't know. I mean, it was no explanation, is what it was. Um, And what, I guess, infuriates me is that, why didn't we get upset about all these other actions and all these other bills and all the past spending? $300 billion is is not pocket change, I totally agree. But we've been running trillion dollar deficits for quite some time. And again, I've always said on this program that I try to call balls and strikes. I supported President Trump, I supported his policies, I voted for him. But I will say this, he also on the campaign trail said, give me eight years, i get rid of the deficit and the debt. I'll pay down all the debt, pay off the debt, and we will balance the budget. He said it, over and over again. And this is another situation that I brought up so many times. These people don't have the authority to do that. You don't as the president. You don't as a member of Congress. To truly rein in, not even rein in spending, just balance the budget. Whether you do it through reducing spending, increasing revenues, or combination of the two. You cannot do it by yourself. As a member of Congress, or as the president sitting in the White House. You can't do it. You've got to have... Unbelievable alignment of stars and numbers. Numbers! You can't do it. So why do they say it? Because everybody says, yeah, that's why we gotta vote for him. No, it's, I can't help but, but uh, recall Ted Cruz in 16, in the 16th cycle. His opening statement in every single speech with, fi- with a fiery tone. We're going to repeal every single word of Obamacare. No, you're not. You can't by yourself as the president. Why do you say that? Well, for votes. I mean, you know the obvious answer to that rhetorical question. Why don't you just be honest? I support repealing Obamacare. I'm going to work with the congress to get that done. Here's my strategy to do it. But to just but that we as voters expect that. We want that. We want the candidates to make these promises. And because that's what we want to hear, we want to believe that, but they can't do it. And you now you hear the president and Jean-Pierre they're making a big deal out of this this notion that well you know we promised this during the campaign right we're going to get rid of student debt and we're just fulfilling a campaign promise that's what they're saying it's just incredible now is it legal is it constitutional all good questions over my pay grade as rhino said they're they're pointing to covid coronavirus emergency situation I've seen the HEROES Act of 23, and then, uh, Rhino, it's some, it's some education act from 1965 uh, that I saw them invoke as, as hanging their hat on, as, as uh, giving them, conferring the legal authority to the President. Uh, it's what it was. So, uh, you know, again, I say all that is subject to uh, debate. And and contest being contested legally, whether where that goes, have no idea. Someone on the ceasefire text. Line, I was talking about the CARES Act. Thomas does make a pretty good uh, a pretty good point. He says nobody thinks about nobody thinks about bills passed uh, uh, historically in the past. Do you expect voters to remember votes on prior bills? I hear you, Thomas, and I think that is... uh, I mean, if that
3: were the case, Biden would have never won the White House.
2: That's true, because he had a lot of bad votes. Uh, Like, almost all of them. He was wrong.
3: I mean, he was the champion of three strikes, you're out, which incarcerated a big chunk of the African-American population.
2: Yeah, no doubt about it. And his foreign policy decisions were awful, terrible, every one of them. But, so I would say, Thomas, it is up to the candidates... This, and maybe the explanation I'm giving is just more than you can do on a campaign trail. I'm sensitive to that. But isn't that maybe some of the goal in politics, make this stuff so convoluted, so complicated, nobody knows and can figure it out? Because right now, we're like myopically focused on this $300 billion student debt. It's unfair. And everybody says that, and I hear you, and I agree, but okay. I don't hear people complaining about the unbelievable amount of billions of dollars being invested in rural broadband and the people who don't live in the rural areas and who won't benefit from that, they're paying for it.
3: My Ta- problem with the student loan debt forgiveness is we have an example of government overreach causing problems for the consumer less than a week ago. With the infrastructure, with the uh, Inflation Reduction Act, the EV credits, and all of a sudden the cost of EVs goes up by the amount of the credit. So let's just slap a bandaid on a bullet wound with this student debt crisis and forgive 20 million people's debt without actually looking at the root cause of why they say
2: that debt is predatory. I agree with you. I I totally agree with you on that. Without and pointing a single
3: finger at academia and these institutions of higher learning that have made bank for the last couple decades
2: because of government overreach, no doubt about it. You know, uh, uh, perhaps we should require all of those institutions who benefited from the federal government student loan program. Maybe we should we should calculate the value of the loans forgiven that are owned by students that paid them for uh, the education. And maybe we should require them, how about this? How about they cut their operating expenses by an amount equal to that? They'd freak out if you came up with that, right? Oh, yeah. And I know there's been calls for, hey, why don't these, these giant uh, these institutions with these giant endowments, such as Harvard, fifty billion, Texas approaching that, Yale, Stanford, et cetera, on down the list. Why don't they? Why don't they pitch in? They benefited. That's how their endowment got big. I hear you. I agree. And th- and again, this just gets so complicated uh, and so thorny because, as Rhino points out, it's government playing where they shouldn't. I don't know if we have time before we go to a break here, Rhino, but um, Corinne Jean-Pierre also got asked, who's paying for this?
17: Who needs to bring the I just, I just laid out. I just laid out for you. No, Peter. I just laid out for you how we're seeing this process and why this matters. Again, I just laid out. I just, I just laid out because of the work that we have done in the economy, because of the American Rescue Plan, uh, because of uh, the Inflation Reduction Act, and because all of this work that this president has done is actually has brought down our deficit by 1.7 trillion dollars. Unlike what Republicans did when they added to our deficit $2 trillion and did not care at all or thought about how this was going to be paid for. They did not actually put in a process or thought th- think about how we're going to do this in a smart way. This is not how this administration is doing it. Again, we are happy to continue to have this conversation, but I'm going to move around.
2: All right, so I want you to, if you were able to tune in to us, uh, think about what she just said. And what I just explained with respect to the three years, of uh, the federal budget, the deficits produced. Can you believe she said we brought down the deficit 1.7 trillion? You're the one that increased it by 1.7 trillion with the American Rescue Plan, and she's pointing to that as this is why we can afford another 300 trillion because we spent 1.9 trillion on the American Rescue Plan. That's what she said. Oh, unlike the Republicans who raised the deficit. Yeah, during the coronavirus era, no doubt. So did every Democrat, but three. I said two, I looked it up again, it was three in the House. She's blaming it on the Republicans. It was a 96 to zero vote for a $2.2 trillion bill. 96 to zero. Last time I checked, zero means nobody voted against it. No Democrat, no Republican. 96 to zero. That's just a flat out lie. It's all about Donald Trump, though, isn't it? I swear, everything is about dang Donald Trump. Well, he was the president. He signed off on it. Therefore, it's the Republicans. It's just unbelievable how they get away with that. Republicans better wake up, better understand all this, and better be talking about it on the campaign trail, or they're going to get waxed in the midterms, I'm telling you. Stay with us. Another segment. And then we got Jeremy Nelson at 1205 to help us out with these crazy markets.
4: 601-345-8090 That's 601-345-8090 Or online at com. That's Barone'sTreePros.com This is the Midday Market Report. I'm Bob Sullender. Financially distressed farmers who have gotten forbearance for delinquent debt on the Farm Service Agency loans may have to wait until at least October to find out if they will qualify for debt relief under new funds provided by the Inflation Reduction Act. The USDA isn't ready to share details on how it will use a pot of $3.1 billion to help distressed loan borrowers. The department also is not ready to spell out the rules on how $2.2 billion to pay for discrimination claims will be handled. Agricultural Secretary Tom Vilsack said on Wednesday. Those program details will likely come this fall. Still, Vilsack wants to make clear that the debt relief program passed by Congress in the Inflation Reduction Act are completely different from the one passed last year in the American Rescue Plan. Section 1005 of the American Rescue Plan was meant to provide aid payments to socially disadvantaged farmers before it got locked up by multiple federal lawsuits from white farmers. Congress has rescinded that provision, Vilsack said. And that's your Midday Market Report. I'm Bob Sullender
11: To good things with me, Rebecca Turner, it's Mississippi's Radio Happy Hour, weekdays from 2 to 3 p.m., right here on Super Talk Jackson 97.3.
0: It's so awesome! Middays with Gerard Gibbett. Yeah. Mm. Come on, let's get on with the show! Yes. On Super Talk Mississippi.
2: Everyone, midday, super top, Mississippi. Back with you in the Element Well Studios. Question on the uh, c Spire text line six zero one eight seven nine four three nine five. Gerard, wasn't it supposed to be one point nine trillion, and the Democrats got it pushed out to two point two? Are we talking about, I assume, there the uh, the CARES Act? I don't know. It it. Um, I mean, it was a giant bill. If I'm not mistaken, Rhino, it was the largest single bill in terms of the value ever passed in a single bill like that. Because even our, even our annual continuing resolutions or omnibus uh, budget, budget uh, bills that uh, fund the discretionary part of government, even those aren't. They're less than $2 trillion. This year, it's 1.6, as a matter of fact. So th- this whole this whole uh, rebuttal, I guess, from the White House, what about, what about, what about? What about the Republicans? What about, what about Donald Trump? What about, what about? Nobody cares. <laughs> Nobody cares. And so you're forgiven $300 billion of debt. You're not paying for it. It's lapped on to the national debt. Period. End of story. There's no justification for it. How could you ever justify going in the hole? How could you ever justify deficit spending? How could you ever justify adding to the debt? Now if They
3: couldn't justify it the first few weeks of the presidency, but now it's midterm season. I guess so. I mean, here's so an audio of votes, Jen Psaki right? talking about it, day 16 of the Biden presidency.
11: The president has and continues to support canceling uh, $10,000 of federal student loan debt per person as a response to the COVID crisis. He's calling on Congress to draft the proposal, and if it is uh, if it is passed um, and sent to his desk, he will look forward to signing it. Uh, debt relief is, of course, an important priority for the president. On day one, the first day of his administration, he directed the Department of Education to extend the existing pause on student loan payments and interest for millions of Americans with federal student Student loans. That was the step he took through executive action, uh, but he certainly supports efforts uh, by members in Congress to take additional steps, and he would look forward to signing it.
9: So he would do that through legislation and not an EO, not an executive order?
11: Well, I think he uh, had took the step, uh, already took a step through an executive action on the first day, and he would look to Congress to take the next step.
3: Yeah. So if we actually had a Congress that would do their jobs, it could have been debated in the two years since and they could have actually done something representative but no it's all down to what the executive branch can do
2: it's you know the i think the fundamental problem here is government has gotten out of its swim lane and the, and and so once you start that and and there doesn't seem to be any limitations on that it it's, it becomes so fluid so It's like, well, okay, this is what the Constitution says and what is enumerated in the Constitution with respect to the role and the power and the authority of the federal government. But once you start spilling out and uh, beyond that and perverting that to some extent, then all bets are off. And that's what we've been doing now for decades. Decades, you could take it all the way back to 1935 with the New Deal and Social Security, and then in '65 with Medicare, Medicaid. I mean, because that's 70 percent of spending plus debt interest. So I don't know. Are are those constitutionally appropriate functions of government? I still say the the uh, the top priority. It would seem. Would be to protect the nation from those, our enemies, who seek to tear us down, who seek to destroy us, who seek to attack us and damage and um, destroy our property, kill our people. That's number one. can't have anything without that. Well, hell, hey, but 18, 19% of the total spending now. So what? Should and and we could also debate that that's too much, that there's a lot of wasted spending there. Sure, of course, there is,
3: but there's never a debate because all of Congress on both sides of the aisle is more worried about getting their next election right than
2: actually doing their damn job. Oh, well, there's no doubt about it. No doubt about it. So, here's what I think could happen before we go if let's say. There is a challenge here, and a court, Supreme Court, whatever level says, unconstitutional, you can't wipe out that debt. I think the Democrats then get busy crafting some sort of bill that would include tax increases to get it through the budget reconciliation process to make that happen right away. And they wouldn't need a single Republican vote, just like they did with the Inflation Reduction Act. They're waiting for it, I'm telling you. They got it drafted already, ready to go. Time for a break here. Top of the hour. Jeremy Nelson, partner at Element Wealth, is in the studio next.
0: You're listening to WFMN Flora Jackson, Super Talk, Mississippi. Powered by your tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros. Online at baroniestreepros.com.
11: This is a Fox News alert. I'm Lillian Wu. The Department of Justice's deadline has been met. The public now has access to the affidavit, which led to the search warrant for former President Trump's Mar-a-Lago estate. It is redacted, the government explaining in another document why
1: there had to be redactions. The government argues if witnesses' identities are exposed, they could be subjected to harms, including retaliation, intimidation, or harassment, and even threats to their physical safety. As the court has already noted, quote, these concerns are not hypothetical in this case.
11: Fox's David Spunt and a sell-off on Wall Street as Fed Chair Jerome Powell talks about the continuing fight against inflation with more sharp interest rate hikes in the future, calling the pain in the form of a weaker economy the unfortunate cost of reducing inflation. America's listening to Fox News.
0: Your window tent headquarters at Auto Trim Designs on Highway 80 in Pearl is now also your best source for the lasting protection of Expel paint protection film. Your car is too precious to fail to protect it from bugs, rocks, and road debris. For more info, go to autotrimdesigns.com. So how do you know if you have hail damage? Not all roof damage can be spotted from the ground. Gallo here
14: from experience. Believe me, you need a pro that you can trust to give you an honest assessment of your roof. There's no better team than Watkins Construction and Roofing. You can trust them to give you an honest evaluation. The Watkins team will answer your call 24-7 and give you a complimentary roof inspection and estimate. Plus, count on them to get back with you as fast as the next business day. Financing is available. Count on the pros. Watkins, 601-966-8233. I'm
7: J.T. Mitchell, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. On Thursday night, during a high school football game between Wayne County and Quitman High Schools, a fight broke out in the stands, but it wasn't your typical fan-on-fan fight. Crazily enough, the fight featured the head coach of a different high school who was in attendance on a scouting trip. That was what Jimbo Now of Heidelberg High School was heard yelling at one of the teams. A fan in the stands didn't take too lightly to Now's comments, and with some pushback from the coach, the fight ensued, one that Now ultimately lost, coming away with a bloodied face. Now, who's in his second year as the head coach at Heidelberg, has since been suspended by the MHSAA. To watch the full video of the fight, log on to supertalk.fm. JT Mitchell, Supertalk Mississippi News.
0: Twilight Concerts at Renaissance are back as Ratchet Entertainment presents Blues Traveler and Government Mule live. Saturday, October 22nd.
17: When me this,
0: anyway. Blues Traveler <laughs> with Government Mule. Plus Bonneville. Tickets on sale now at TwilightMS.com for Government Mule, Blues Traveler, and Bonneville. Brought to you by Southern Beverage, Renaissance,
7: Visit Ridgeland,
0: and Watkins Construction. Produced by Ratchet Entertainment Group. I think the teacher's asleep. Looks like he's dreaming.
4: Man, I can't wait to hang up my team mascot. (laughs) I I think he's having a nightmare. No. This is just part of his lesson plan. He's
1: trying to show us that calling Mississippi 811 before you dig is so easy you can do it with your
14: eyes closed. Call 811 two days before you dig and let's have zero damages, zero injuries.
7: The State Department of Health is offering free monkeypox vaccinations to high-risk individuals until 3 p.m. today in Jackson, Dr. Anthony Fauci says. You really want to get people who are at risk because of behavior.
1: For example, the, the men who have sex with men population who, for example, are on pre-exposure prophylaxis for HIV. So the very fact that they are on pre-exposure prophylaxis would immediately put them into that classification where they very likely should get vaccinated in a preventive way.
7: The Monkey Pox Vaccination Clinic is currently being held at the Jackson Medical Mall. Walk-ins are welcome. As of now, 25 cases have been identified in Mississippi. And Senator Cindy Hyde-Smith has endorsed former football star and first-time Senate candidate Herschel Walker going into the November 8th midterms. I'm J.T. Mitchell, Supertalk Mississippi News.
16: Cross. Be sure to catch Sports Talk Mississippi, your new home for the best sports coverage right here in the Magnolia State. Every day from 3 until 6, right here on Super Talk Jackson 97.3.
0: Welcome to the show that challenges you to think deeply, to think deeply. and look beyond political posturing. You're listening to Middays with Gerard Gibbert here on Super Talk Mississippi.
2: Welcome back, everyone. Midday, super top Mississippi, rocking into hour three of the program in the Element Wealth studios on this Friday, y'all. Joining us now, a partner from Element Wealth. That would be Jeremy Nelson. Jeremy, thanks for coming in. Just watching all the red ink today. Uh, Fed Chairman Jerome Powell came out and uh, after their Jackson Hole, Wyoming strategy session, an annual event where the Federal Reserve Bank presidents gather up and talk about their plans. And, of course, the focus this year was on, well, the primary tool they have, which is uh, the Fed funds rate. And they came out and said, we're going to be a bit hawkish. What do you think? Well,
5: I kind of laughed this morning. At first, um, the commentators were kind of saying there was a little bit of something for everyone in there. And and I went, "Uh, what are you talking about? (laughs) he clearly said uh you know look that there's going to be potential pain to the economy that inflation is the number one priority that that they're going to stomp it out so yeah I, th- I think what what you're seeing right now is the the fed has kind of backed themselves into a corner because they waited s- they left monetary policy so easy for so long um, yeah, I was going back and looking at some some numbers. The the increase in money supply. So not just the the low interest rates, the increase in the money supply. Yeah, right? the buying. Buy. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, you go back to Milton Friedman, right? And uh, you know, uh, money printing creates inflation, right? It's kind of that simple o- over the long periods of time. You know, over the last three years, as of January, the money supply had increased by fifty percent. The the last time that the money supply had gotten anywhere close to that was uh, June of 1973, jeez, and you know it was it was up 40 percent over the three years at that point in time, and we kind of all well some of us remember or or you know have studied yeah. kind of what happened there in 1974 after that. So the Fed backed themselves into a corner, inflation got out of control, there was too much money, interest rates were too low too long and these are the consequences and, uh, and they're going to have to continue to increase rates uh, further from here which um, we've been talking about this for months now that uh, you know we kinda saw at least three and a half percent by kind of mid-ish next year um, some are now talking four uh, percent but you know I think what, what spooked the market was not the overall level that the feds gonna go to it, it had kind of got priced in that they would go up and then cut and next year. And now they're saying, hey, we're going to leave rates higher for longer to really stamp out this inflation. And that's what triggered the markets to go down a little bit today.
2: Yeah, I think there was an expectation of uh, some indication of uh, pivoting. Mm-hmm. Uh, get to a point, we think that's, that's done it, it's done the, the magic Yep. Uh, on uh, the CPI, and and uh, once that starts to moderate and trending downward, we're going to back off and start reducing rates. But we didn't we didn't get such an indication.
5: No, not at all. I, which which I thought was foolish because y- you just don't ever really see the Fed go up, 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 up like going up a mountain and then start coming down. I mean, they're going to kind of hang at that plateau for a while, typically, uh, unless there's an economic event that that causes them to to go down the mountain. So I think they're going to climb the mountain on rates, and they're going to stay up there for a while to ensure that the inflation comes down, because ultimately, long-term, you know, the inflation is worse than a minor contraction.
2: Right. Right. Exactly. Uh, and so I think the Fed still thinks they can thread the needle, though, right? They can uh, avoid a, a serious downturn, a serious recession, but rather maintain...
5: I don't know, kind of a, a, a soft one. Yeah. So if you go back to 1940, when inflation gets above 5%, it has never once – it has been happening about nine times – it has never once not ended in a recession. Right. So although we've been on the show saying we're not in a recession right now, our concern is is a little bit more towards 2023, 2024. Yeah where you've got these higher interest rates for a longer period of time, right now you still have you know, really solid job growth. Yeah, People are making money. Uh, so you're not seeing a big contraction, but if you have these higher interest rates for a longer period of time, then yes, you could get that recession down the road.
2: Yeah. And then, of course, uh, we're seeing uh, the 10-year up today over um, – Hundred basis points, so I think it's one point two or something, if I'm not mistaken. The ten-year
5: Treasury is at three, a little over three percent. But the increase, oh, the increase, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um, but it 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 had spiked up close to three earlier this week as well. So there was a, you know, the bond market was kind of giving you a little bit of a different uh, different take.
2: Yeah, but of course that drives mortgage rates, and we've already gotten some uh, rather negative. Reports from the housing industry, and that mm-hmm. is a big industry in this country that drives uh, so much economic activity. Yeah. So that's something to be concerned about. In fact, um, I think year over year sales down like twenty percent.
5: Yeah. So what you're, what we're kind of seeing in the housing market right now is a- across the nation. So regionally, things are always a little bit different, but across the nation, what you're seeing is. You know these overbids are not happening yeah. uh, anymore. Uh, it's turning into a little bit of a buyer's market, but but prices have been still holding up. They're not just absolutely cratering. Um, so what you're seeing is that demand and supply are getting a, are are kind of finding equilibrium right now. And over the next six months, probably though, uh, supply could start outpacing demand. And you could start to see housing prices come down. Yeah.
2: And, of course, it, it's somewhat localized, too. isn't mm-hmm. I mean, it always has been. It seems like even more so than ever. Uh, certain markets, even here in Mississippi, I know there are certain markets that are still quite strong. Demand is strong. Uh, prices have really not moderated. And there are other areas of the country where, in fact, demand is down and mm-hmm. and uh, homes are sitting on the market a little longer. Uh, inventories are up. Prices are down. Uh, driven of course uh, by uh, i guess a little bit of a pullback in economic activity but most importantly mortgage rates
5: mortgage rates i mean you know we're seeing the you know 30 year mortgage now at 5.75 which for most of the listeners out there who owned houses in the 70s and 80s Me. and 90s even myself you know my first interest rate was 6 and 3 quarters in 2004 and i thought that was a reasonable rate yeah um so for you know for our listeners you know some of us we kind of we we laugh oh five seven five that's <laughs> not that big of a deal, but when you're coming from a real estate market that was predicated on a three percent thirty year mortgage, you know the the purchasing power uh, of of a dollar to buy a house has really gone down a lot. Yeah.
2: Uh, and because there are two main uh, factors or inputs into that, the affordability of a home for a home buyer is the rate of interest mm-hmm. and the and the sale price of the house. Yeah. So I mean, it's pretty easy. And so usually those go in opposite directions, yep. of course. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So all, all that's it's figured in. I think the question that uh, are, are on a lot of people's uh, that is on a lot of people's minds is. What is the time frame here? I mean, the Fed really didn't give us any indication of that. It just said we're going to
5: keep raising rates till we get this thing under control. So, right now, what I would expect. So we can kind of go into 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 expectations on what the Fed's going to do, and then maybe you yeah, know, hey, what do you do with with your money? Okay. But so right now, the Fed is likely to go fifty basis points in September. I don't think that they're going to go another seventy five. Because I think in July, when you saw the inflation numbers start coming down a little bit, and I think you're going to see inflation come down a little bit more in August, uh, that gives them a little bit of cover to not be totally hawkish and do 75 basis points. Mm. So they go 50, then they go 25, 25, and then they'll kind of start to slow it down into next year. Now, how long they have to leave the rates up is the big question. And what they talked about today was being data-dependent. So how long they're going to have to leave rates up really is going to depend on whether or not they start to get the inflation back down to their target. Yeah. Well, uh, which is still 2%. Mm-hmm.
2: We're a long way away from that. A lot yeah, of
5: be- I, I, I'll tell you this. I, I don't – I mean, if I was betting, I, I see zero chance that they're cutting rates next year. Okay. Zero chance. That's just – there's just – you would have to see the economy really start to contract and, and and a complete reversal on inflation. And history just doesn't suggest that that's okay. what will happen.
2: Yeah, they just flashed on the screen the 10-year the up 1.7 uh, mm-hmm. basis points right yep. now to 3.04, above yep. 3. So... Uh, That, of course, is what drives uh, mortgage rates. we got a break. Uh, You can hang around? Absolutely. Let's see what else uh, we can dig up, because there's a lot of news, uh, Mm -hmm. economic and uh, financial news today. Stay with us. Jeremy Nelson, partner at Element Wealth, in the Element Wealth Studios.
13: I'm Mason Irby, your Madison County Edward Jones financial advisor. We're all about financial investments, but we also value the investments of time, patience, and encouragement our young athletes receive from their coaches, teachers, and mentors. That's why Edward Jones is a proud sponsor of Madison Central Football on Supertalk Jackson. Call me, Mason Irby, at 601-616-6872 or visit edwardjones.com for all your investment needs. Edward Jones, member SIPC.
14: Hello, Mississippi. This is Dr. Gary Jones, CEO of Vantage Health Plan. Back in 1994, I started Vantage with a group of local doctors who believe that patient health, your health, is our top priority. That's why Vantage makes it easy for you to get the care you need. With quality, affordable health insurance that puts you first. I know it's not what you usually expect from a health plan, but now you can.
11: Visit VantageHealthPlan.com for more information. Vantage Health Plan, the freedom to live a healthy life.
0: I have got to get that.
13: Mississippi Boating Headquarters. RJ's offers top of the line brands like Skeeter,
4: War Eagle, G3, Express, and Bennington Pontoon Boats, all powered by Yamaha Outboards. RJ's Outboard, 1208, Old Fannin Road in Brandon, the dealership that's service built. The best made to order lunch in Northeast Jackson is at Fourth and Gold Sports Cafe. The Wings, the Chicken Tenders and Bites, fried or grilled, and the best specialty pizzas in the Metro. Call 769 208 8283. That's 769 208 8283. 769 208 8283. Hi, I'm David Frederick.
2: That is an appropriate bumper tune, there, Rhino. We are back on midday's in the Element Well Studios. Jeremy Nelson, partner at Element Well. So, for the average person out there, Jeremy, they're worried about their 401ks. They see a day like today. They don't want to even open it up. They don't want to see yep. where it is. Right? It yep. Market now down. The Dow, six forty-five, and and they have witnessed extreme volatility this year. Mm-hmm. Would you agree?
5: Oh, absolutely! It's absolutely, cr- it's
2: crazy. Rhino yep. says it's uh, it's kangaroo hopping around <laughs> what the market looks like, and I agree with him. So, those that are considering retiring and they've been plowing money away in uh, their various savings instruments, four hundred one ks, whatever the pensions, whatever the case may be, uh, other investments and they're trying to figure out you know can I jump now mm-hmm. do I have enough that's a big issue for all of us is it not that I know you guys run into is hey do I have enough in my nest egg here to sustain me for my remaining years and and live kind of the lifestyle I want
5: absolutely so a- every person that comes into our office that's that's the question right you know how much is enough or or, or do I have enough so Number one, you you got to have a plan. You got to understand how much it's going to cost you to live. Uh, let's just say then we've determined that okay, you do have enough assets and other and income sources to retire. Then it comes down within the plan to creating you know a blend of income growth guarantees, right? So you've got a stable, sound retirement. But when we start thinking about distributing assets, yeah, one of the things that we're doing right now because there's a lot of uncertainty the 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 one thing that i can honestly say right now is that we just don't know exactly what everything looks like going forward because look we've never been through anything like we've we've been through we've never seen a fifty percent increase in the money supply we don't know how long inflation is gonna last right what i do believe is over time our growth assets like stocks will be okay because inflation ultimately gets passed through, corporations are going to make numbers uh, over time, but it could be bumpy in the middle of the road. Yeah. So what we're suggesting to people is saying, hey, look, let's look at what we're going to spend for the next three years, and let's ladder that out into defined maturity things, you know, bonds, either you know, high-grade corporate or treasuries or municipals, where we know that on January 1, the money that we're going to spend is going to mature, uh, right? It's going to be there for us, so we're never being forced to actually sell any of our growth assets like stocks while they're down. So that, to me, is the smart thing. The other thing you've got to look at is kind of what's the overall risk profile that I'm sitting on here? Is it appropriate? Can I handle the ups and downs that are coming? Uh, or that we've been dealing with because it's likely that it could continue for another year or two, even more uh, potentially. So look and see how much money you're going to spend for the next few years, kind of reserve that into a bit of a bond ladder. So now you know you've got a three year runway on those stocks. So when they're going up and down and you're seeing a 600 point down day today, it's not affecting you because those assets are carved mm-hmm. off for a little bit of a, of a longer time period.
2: Yeah. And so I guess the, the flip side of uh, the decline in, in equities, uh, which is being largely driven by macroeconomic conditions, which, of course, includes uh, the Fed, the Fed funds rate, interest rates in general, is fixed income securities are, are doing better, right?
5: Well, that's it. You can finally make money on bonds. Yeah. So, you know, right now the sweet spot on the yield curve, is around two years, so the two year is sitting around 3.41 percent this morning. Yeah, the ten year Treasury is severely inverted, you know, just above three percent. So the sweet spot on the yield curve is, you know, the the two year. Now the mistake that people make, and if you go back to the the, the 1980s, this is what everyone did. Remember, CD rates went through the roof, and everyone said. Well, why would I buy a 10-year Treasury bond at 12% when I can get 18% on my CD? Well, those 18% CD rates didn't last, did they? They came down. So now you lost it when you could have locked in you know, 12 or 13% on a 10-year Treasury for a long period of time. Um, we're not, I, I do not believe we're at a point where you want to be locking in rates. I think that 10-year is going to end up going higher over the next year or so. I don't hmm. think it's going to go up at the same rate, hmm. but so I look at if someone is kind of on the fence, looking around that two-year maturity is a pretty good spot to be, because then it's going to give you the opportunity to kind of lock in uh, the the higher rates once we get there. Hmm. Uh, I'm pretty convinced that the inflation is going to come down. I'm actually, very confident in that. So I think as we get into 2020, later 23, 24. Uh, there's going to be opportunity to really extend the durations of your bond portfolios. Own some longer-term things. If we do get into an economic situation, then interest rates will go down. Those bonds will go up in value, and they will create a little bit of ballast in your portfolio uh, to offset some of the stock market volatility.
2: Interesting. So if your if your feeling is we're going to see the ten-year continue to tick upward, I mean that's going to also uh, drive mortgage rates up
12: because yeah. it's tied to that.
5: Yeah. Yeah. Mor- mortgage rates. In in my opinion, are not done. Now, do I think the majority of the damage is done? Yes. Okay. Right. I, I mean, I'm not saying we're going to go to 10% mortgage rates or anything like that, but could we go to six and a half from 5.75 today? Absolutely. Hmm. Interesting. Well, that uh, we'll
2: see what kind of impact uh, that would have. But uh, you know, a lot of folks out there they're nervous about this. now, if you're younger and you have got time, don't even worry. Right. But if you're at that point where you're looking at that account and you've seen a significant decline over mm-hmm. the last year, year and a half, you're you're worried,
5: right? Oh, I mean, you you have to be, and that and that again, that's where you've got to have a plan. Like we've had callers who 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 have called in and come and met with us, where you know we're sitting down and we're saying, look, let's do an inventory. Let's take the emotion out of this. Yeah. Let's really come up with a plan and and let's figure out if this happens this is what we're going to do it's kind of like a football coach goes into a game they've got a game plan but they also know if things happen in the game they're going to adjust the game plan and they've sure. already they've already got that laid out good coaches do right Sure. and a financial plan should have the same thing yeah it makes sense
2: i mean cuz you you have to be nimble yeah because you can't tell from one day to the next i mean you you, you do your best with the data and the input you have today understanding that you may have to adjust as the data changes. Yeah.
5: Look, it's what, just simple what, what, as that. When you do a financial plan, the only thing that you know is that that things are going to change. That's true, right? That yeah. that you don't have all the all the future information to make all the decisions. Yeah. So with the information you have today, you make the best decisions possible. But putting your head in the sand and doing nothing is is not the best
2: option. All right. So a couple other things to to hit on is got to got to be concerned with taxes. One of the ways to avoid federal income taxes is to invest in uh, municipal bonds. How are they looking these days? I mean, it wasn't too long ago It was like a one percent investment as the most you could get.
5: Yeah, yeah. So Two, so maybe so, so muni rates have, have moved up now. Municipal rates. So let's use kind of AAA state you know government obligations. So kind of the safest of the safe. Yeah they're not going to pay quite as much as treasuries or corporates right. because they're tax-free. right? Um, so what you really have to look at here is if you're in a lower tax bracket then munis don't make sense. You'd rather pay the taxes and get the higher interest rate. Uh, it's just it's a simple... On, on ca- a taxable yeah.
2: investment. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah.
5: It, it's, it's a simple calculus where you go the interest, the tax I'm going to pay on the interest is, is X, the yield is Y, That nets me this. Is that better than a muni? Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. All right,
2: so the other thing that – it's three years out, but the the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act enacted under President Trump in 2017, the individual tax provisions are scheduled to expire at the end of 25.
5: Yes. So within our financial planning software – we have everything run. So as we're projecting future taxes and things like that, w- w- what we know is they're set to expire. And so what we have in our financial planning system basically is that, that there's a sunset of the, of the provisions, the taxes do go up, and we're factoring that into financial plans right now.
2: Well, I'm hoping that we continue at least a level. I'd like to see even more cuts, but uh, it would be devastating, I think, to the economy if we let those things expire,
5: absolutely, absolutely. I, I, I think that for the for the average American, the tax cuts have, have been a good thing, and um, you know maybe the government should just figure out how to spend a little bit less.
2: Unbelievable! What a novel idea, Jeremy Nelson, partner at Element Wealth. Thanks for coming right. in. Appreciate thanks. it. Yep.
5: Yeah. We will step aside
2: for a break right now on midday's the market. The Dow down six forty six. ZZ top bump on the side of this segment. Half an hour left. We'll be right back. Stay with us.
4: From the SeabrookPaint.com Weather Center, I'm Bob Sullender. For all your paint and coating needs, go to SeabrookPaint.com. Today, a 60% chance of rain, partly sunny conditions, high near 86. Tonight, a 30% chance of showers, mostly cloudy, low around 72. Your Saturday, a 50-50 shot of the wet stuff, mostly sunny, high near 87. And a look to Sunday, a 70% chance of rain, mostly sunny, high near 88. This weather brought to you by our friends at Gaddis McLaurin Mercantile in downtown Bolton. Shop local. Gaddis McLaurin Mercantile, your building supply experts since 1871.
0: This is Dave Logan with Canon Nissan of Jackson. What's new, Dave? New Nissans are arriving daily. We are now offering a two-year maintenance program on all new and pre-owned vehicles. Canon Nissan will match any competitor's prices on tires, batteries, and more. Nobody beats a Canon deal. Nobody. Your window tint headquarters at Auto Trim Designs on Highway 80 in Pearl is now also your best source for the lasting protection of Expel Paint Protection Film. Your car is too precious to fail to protect it from bugs, rocks, and road debris. For more info, go to
15: autotrimdesigns.com.
18: Guys, have Viagra and Cialis let you down? It can get you to the point where you think your best days are behind you.
17: that Mississippi has a new state flag. We're taking orders now for all sizes of the newly designed State of Mississippi flag. Flags are in production and soon you can be flying one at your home, school, or business. Place your order by emailing at sales at completeflags.com, calling our store at 362-9333, or finding us on the web at completeflags.com. Have you paid a visit to our store? A Complete Flag Source is located at 5295 I-55 North Jackson. Too far to visit? Give us a call at 601-362-9333 with your order or questions. Thank you for shopping local and supporting a Mississippi-owned
0: business.
7: I'm JT Mitchell and you're listening to Super Talk, Mississippi News. On Thursday night, during a high school football game between Wayne County and Quitman High Schools, a fight broke out in the stands, but it wasn't your typical fan-on-fan fight. Crazily enough, the fight featured the head coach of a different high school who was in attendance on a scouting trip. That was what Jimbo Now of Heidelberg High School was heard yelling at one of the teams. A fan in the stands didn't take too lightly to Now's comments, and with some pushback from the coach, the fight ensued, one that Now ultimately lost, coming away with a bloodied face. Now, who's in his second year as the head coach at Heidelberg, has since been suspended by the MHSAA. To watch the full video of the fight, log on to supertalk.fm. JT Mitchell, Supertalk Mississippi News.
16: Hey, y'all, I'm Steve Azar inviting you to escape to Pearl River Resort, where the fun is going non-stop.
1: Go off the deep end at the south's most exciting water park, Geyser Falls. After the thrills, test your skills at the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club. There's dining delight and love at first sight. And it's always no work and all play at
7: Silver Star and Golden Moon Casinos. So come on, leave it all behind and head to Pearl River Resort.
2: Welcome back, everyone. Midday Super Talk Mississippi, live from the Element Wealth Studios. Forgot to get to this when uh, Jeremy was in the studio, but Element Wealth is uh, sponsoring a, is uh, hosting a little symposium for females with respect to. Uh, financial empowerment, and the event is entitled Magnolias, Mascara, and Money. Pretty cool. It's coming up on Tuesday, September the 20th, 530 to 730 at Georgia Blue in Madison, Mississippi. And there are three speakers scheduled. Blair Justly, an attorney specializes in estate planning essentials at Butler Snow. Uh, Kristen Hurt. A physician from Magnolia Dermatology. Lessons learned as a female entrepreneur will be Dr. Hertz' topic. And then Jessica Cooley, a CPA with Caraway Cooley, talking about tax trends and effective planning tips. So, that ought to be a cool event. Anyhow, that's September 20th, Georgia Blue, 530, uh, Magnolias, Mascara, and Money. Um, All right. Back in the Element Well Studio, so one question I had was uh, regarding this CARES Act, and I know it happened two years ago, 2020. It was 2.2 trillion dollars, and uh, somebody said to us here, I can't remember who it was exactly, uh, Rhino, that it was started out at 1.9 trillion, and the Democrats pushed it up to 2.2 trillion, but. I mean, I guess you could say that, but let's face it, all of the Republicans in the Senate supported it, and all but three in the House did, and the President signed off on it. So I don't think you can place that $300 billion increase at the feet of the Democrats. All the Republicans agreed to it as well. They may have pushed it. But the Republicans didn't stand in the way of it, and the President signed off on it. He had veto power. So, I'm just really pointing out that while I get that we're all upset about this $300 billion student loan forgiveness, seems to me like we should be equally upset. Now, I know there are a lot of other aspects of that to be upset about, but but here's what honestly, never enters into the equation in Washington. Well, that's not fair. Hell, when have they ever done anything with the idea of being fair? And here's why, because that's very subjective. And there is no consensus on what's fair. Just the same as we can't agree on how many genders there are. I keep going back to that. How the hell can we agree on what's financially fair, economically fair, if we can't agree on how many genders there are? I mean, just look at the
3: nonsensical arguments of privilege.
2: Yeah, exactly. A totally subjective crap. So, but I understand how a person who paid their debt, I, I mean, I'm not, not certainly trying to um, diminish that feeling. I get it. You paid your debt, but your neighbor didn't for the same thing. I, I get it. I understand. You could also apply that across a spectrum of money that comes from the federal government. Healthcare, the, by far, the biggest. The, the um, 75 million people that get free healthcare through Medicaid. Somebody else is paying for that. Somebody else is paying for that. Simple as that. Uh, and then the myriad of other government programs. Somebody else is paying for that. Um, The PPP loan stuff, the situation there is, if the government shuts you down, shuts down the economy, shuts down your business, well then I think they're, they're obligated, in my view, to compensate you for that. Now, in retrospect, hey, a lot of these companies didn't need that. Never really missed a beat. Sure, I get it. The problem is, you didn't know that. You had to apply for the loans for a period that was in the future. And who the heck knew? Because at that time, there were talks. I just discussed what Deborah Burks has now revealed coming coming out, now that she's kind of out of the limelight. She says, yeah, we sat around the Oval Office and Anthony Fauci said, Mr. President, you gotta shut the whole thing down from a clinical perspective. If your interest is in stopping the spread of the disease, you've got to shut everything down. But the President had limited control. What they did shut down were, were uh, where that uh, was affected from a federal perspective, where they had purview, such as um, air travel, right? Said, yep, we're shutting down the airports. They had that authority, that control. No air traffic control, for example. Therefore, you can't fly airplanes. Shut all that down. No doubt. And, and other uh, transportation, right, because they have some authority over that. But most of the shutdowns, we had it here in Mississippi, did we not? We shut down businesses. Our governor did. That, remember all the orders? Gosh, we had a flurry of orders and daily press conferences there for a while. We all tuned in and we would actually share that with our audience because what's going to happen today? Is he going to issue more orders, lift orders? And what we did here, honestly, was rather tame compared to what they did in the big economic population centers of our country. So, yeah, these PPP loans.
3: I just find it intellectually nauseating the people that are comparing PPP loans to student loan forgiveness.
2: Every single
3: recipient of a PPP loan went into it with the understanding that if they followed the government's rules, it would be forgiven. That's true. Every single person that signed up for student loan debt did so knowing that it was for their education, and they would have to pay it back. That's a good point. All they're doing is incentivizing more of
2: these worthless degrees. Uh, You're you're precisely right. It's exactly right. Those were the terms of the agreement. If you comply with these requirements, which were mainly keeping people employed, right? you had to produce payroll records says, yep, I paid them all, okay, you're forgiven, in general. And I think 60% had to be used for payroll. But you're right, that's a great argument there, a great point, I should say, that with respect to student uh, loan forgiveness, yeah, you signed a contract that says I'll pay it back. And now the government said, yeah, we're just changing that on you. We're going to let you out of that, essentially. We're waiving that requirement. Yeah, you're precisely right. So it is a false comparison, but it is one the Democrats are making. And then, of course, they're hanging their hat on that and the Trump tax cuts, which is insane uh, as well. The Dow, by the way, just uh, crossed over the 700-point down mark. Wow. This has got to be the worst day in a long time. I can't remember the last time we had a 700-point day. I remember some 1,000-point days back during 2020. And then when it started to recover, we had 1,000-point days to the upside. It is incredible, though. The NASDAQ down 375. The S&P down 102. And and so all the indexes are down more than 2%. The NASDAQ almost 3%. Really incredible. Um, But it is, I think... A, uh, a straw man comparison? Really? Why do you even compare? I mean, shouldn't such
3: actions just stand on their own merit? It's why you're only seeing it on social media and you're not seeing Democrat politicians at the podium talking about it. It's those invisible internet cool points. It's the dopamine rush and it's gone all the way up to the freaking person that runs the White House account. You're right about
2: that. Then some are even distancing themselves So, candidate Tim Ryan, Democrat member of the House, running for Senate in the great state of Ohio, he will face J.D. Vance in the general election come November. He's actually, this is crazy, is it not, he's actually made a statement where he's condemning this action. Now, this guy's a hypocrite, because he supported all this crap in the past. But now, because he thinks it might be in his best interest from a political perspective as we approach the midterms in a fairly purple state, well, his tune is changing. That kind of stuff is just another example of how I just get my gears grind when I think about it, honestly. And uh, this guy, you're either in or you're not, He, he says... As someone who's paying off my family's student loans, I know the cost of higher education are too high. Waiving debt for those already on a trajectory to financial security sends the wrong message to the millions of Ohioans without a degree working just as hard to make ends meet. Instead of forgiving student loans for six figure earners, we should be working to level the playing field for all Americans. Okay. Tim Ryan. You voted with Nancy Pelosi and Joe Biden 100% of the time. You freaking hypocrite. 100% of the time and now all of a sudden you're denouncing. You're trying to detach. Final segment when we return.
14: Hi, Chuck Smith here from Smith Brothers Body Shop. Smith Brothers has been proudly serving the Jackson Metro area since 1946. We consider you to be our friend to ensure the best experience possible. If you've chosen a body shop in the past because they were right around the corner and had a bad experience or you've been treated poorly elsewhere, come see what a difference quality service can make at Smith Brothers Body Shop. Call us at 601-353-5217. At Smith Brothers, you're more than a number. Smith Brothers Body Shop, the best from us to you. Be sure and check out the newly remodeled Basils in Fondren, where you get simple food done well. And don't forget to drop by Basils Fountain View at the Renaissance. Go to eatbasils.com for online ordering for both locations. That's Basils.
9: Hello, I'm Gary Jolly from the Tractor Store in Richland. Now's the best time of the year to say more with Mahindra, and it all starts with zero. Pay zero down and zero percent interest up to 60 months. That's more for less on many of Mahindra's best-selling models, with tractors that deliver more lift capacity fuel efficiency and built-in weight so get zero down zero percent interest for up to 60 months on mahindra the world's number one selling tractor mahindra available at the tractor store in richland
0: at community bank we believe our success lies in our continued commitment to community and upholding the same small town values that we were founded upon we are relationship bankers Whether you're trying to grow your business, grow your savings for your future, or building your dream home for your family, we are committed to helping you achieve your goals. Community Bank, a bank that knows community. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender.
1: Bridge Builders.
0: solutions
14: here with a special invitation to join us weekday morning, 6 till 09. Breaking news, quick shots, analysis, all right here on Super Talk Jackson 97.3.
0: Listening to Middays with Gerard here on Super Talk Mississippi.
2: Back with you in the Element Well Studios, Super Top Mississippi Middays on this. Friday, y'all. Final segment. Appreciate you joining us on the C text lines. I have non-Hodgkin lymphoma and haven't received any help. I didn't ask for cancer and go to work two jobs to try to stay above water. So all these folks quit bitching and fight for a real cause. I hear you. I, I, and I pray for you. Um, man, it's... Uh, Seems like we, we do get wrapped up in a lot of this stuff, but it's, it's because government gets out of their swim lane. Uh, you know, the other thing is you've got the Department of Education acting as a bank, as a financial institution. They don't have the ability to do so. They don't have the intellectual capacity to do so. It's no different than giving 27 billion dollars to the EPA to run this green bank that just got passed in the Inflation Reduction Act, they don't have credit analyst, risk analyst, payment facilities, treasury facilities. They don't what have any of that. What are you talking
3: about? The risk is the risk to the environment. Oh, god. Well, We've that's what they want years. Us to believe. It was
2: twelve years. Now it's down to ten. Unbelievable. Uh, well, then why are the we? The doomsday debt? clock
3: is right at midnight. <laughs>
2: Why, why we got to forgive debt? Then so it the whole thing's upside down. I just say again, that's what happens when you when you uh, meander outside of uh, the scope of your responsibility. You you've you've breached the boundaries there. It's exactly what's happened, and it's just you're destined for something to be screwed up, and that's exactly what we're dealing with, without a doubt. Um. It, it's all disturbing, in my view. I think the question is how will this play out in the midterms, so we can stop the bleeding. And and I don't know. I think um, you're you're going to have the the Democrats are highly focused on, first of all, playing the what about game with respect to the student loan forgiveness and, and touting that as a positive. But we're also seeing the the Dobbs case in the Roe v. Wade situation playing out, a swing district in New York this past Tuesday was won by a Democrat who focused on that. Republicans are taking away your rights to an abortion. And this is a district that did go for Biden, but I can't remember the Delta rhino, I want to say 2 or 3 percent, but this particular candidate beat his Republican opponent by 7. So by focusing on Roe v. Wade. So Democrats believe, and many analysts that are, that are trying to watch and project midterm outcomes, believe that's going to be a huge factor. And Democrats are using that very effectively in their campaigning efforts. So we will see. what, In my view, what the GOP should do is focus on, I get everybody's mad about the, the unfairness of this student loan deal. It's crime. I, because if you think that's where the majority of the voters are, crime. And the, how Democrat policies have blown up this country with respect to crime. And it's not like there's not plenty of available footage of all these flash mobs and, and uh, other footage you see, often with pixelization covering up situations where People are hurting or shooting or killing others, whatever the case may be. I saw one the other day, just a random guy comes up, and I think on the streets of New York, starts playing fister cuffs, comes up from behind, what a coward, and just beats him to a pulp. And of course, every inch of the dang planet just about under a video camera these days, especially these, these densely populated cities. I'd focus on that. I'd play that up. But you don't hear him talking about that, that and the border. I mean, and I agree uh, as one who pays a lot of attention to financial matters and economic matters, no doubt you got to make that point. But what really tugs at you emotionally is when you see people hurting other people or taking their stuff, ransacking businesses, all these companies, many of whom are left leaning such as Starbucks, Walgreens and the like saying we can't even operate anymore, we're shutting down. No safety, no law and order, no economy, no opportunity. Oh, great, you got your student loan forgiven, but you're going to get killed because you got thugs out there that we won't lock up because of this woke ideology. No,
3: Democrat decision-making, inciting, and in- incentivizing bad behavior? It's
2: unbelievable. I, I really would. I'd make a big deal out of that. I'm talking about those in these swing states is what I'm talking about, where that is a big deal and it should be of concern to everyone. And I'd point to the, the Democrat and their the Democrats and their weakness and their unwillingness to address the crime problem in this country. It's out of control. We had a busy week this week. We're out of here for today. The weekend is upon us. But we're going to be back in the Element Well studios. I think Mandy's filling in for me. I got to uh, something I got to do. But until then, stay safe and God bless everyone. A
0: Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.